guys. Welcome to your Aunties Could Never, a podcast for cool aunties and uncles everywhere, where you hear no-nonsense, straight talkings. I'm Auntie AK, and I'm here with... Auntie Farah. Auntie Nana. And Auntie Shade. Hi, my ladies. How are you? Good, good. What's going on in everyone's lives? Anything you want to report in this early stage of the show? I started a new job today. Yay! Yay! Can you say where it is? Can you say where it is? Yeah, I think so. Yes. So I started a new job at Warner Brothers Studios. Yep, big things. Got my own office. Big things. Really good. Really cool. Really, yeah. I'm excited. I am very excited. It's a big role, but I'm very excited by it. That's that. Very good. Anybody else got some big news to top this big news, or equalize, or just under? (laughs) (laughs) What's your news? My news. What's my? I think I'll leave my news to my mad. I'm about to call out people and then madness. But yeah, other than that, yeah, we'll talk about that later. All right, guys. Oh, no, hang on, hang on. We do have news. We are on an episode of Pod Bible, and that's all of us were interviewed by a lovely guy called Adam. That's his name? Yes, Adam. And it's a brilliant interview. It's out now. It's episode 104. Please find it on Spotify, Apple, or go onto their site, Pod Bible. It's an episode featuring all of us together talking about our journey with your aunties could never yay okay get your plates plates, get your drinks let's start the show auntie farah how are you gonna warm us up today okay because i started a new job i thought i would do some uh great icebreaker questions so should be able to do these fairly easily so the first question i would like to ask is (laughs) What is your favourite item that you have bought this year? Uh, Oh. I know there's something and I'm going to, I'm going to be mad if I don't. Oh. There's going to be more than one probably me, but the first item, two items, my daily paper dress that I wore to the BAFTA party, because it's, it was just, it, what it, why I love it so much is the fact that, first of all, I love Daily Paper, black owned brand as well. Love Daily Paper and that, everything about that. I, I think they need to sponsor you now because it is really do. Like, yeah, it's got to be every week. You mentioned Daily paper. paper like it is the Daily Paper. Basically, <laughs> they are my Daily Paper. But just to be clear, like I, I needed a, a last minute dress, I didn't have the right things. And then the woman in the store suggested the one shoulder, and I don't like one shoulder dresses usually i find them annoying but this one was perfect and i love it it just did the job and the kirk geiger shoes that i wore that normally i can't wear heels anymore but I've, i really had to adjust to wearing platforms these were kind of a platform sandal and i lasted 90 percent of the night in them apart from when we went to daniel clear's party and then i had to put on the trainers because we wanted to bust down but other than that they held me up the whole night so those are my two items at the moment i don't know what else i'm sure there's something i know there's something i'm missing auntie anybody else i really can't think of anything this year all i can think of is okay um it's not an item like that it's a new restaurant that is opened up on our high road and they just do the best brunch like a kind of breakfast brunch thing that you can go to and that's probably 
been one of the best places that I've spent money so far this year. And I've been there almost weekly. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Auntie Shadow. What's the question? What is your favourite? What's the favourite item that you've bought for yourself this year? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, why does it, why does the face look saucy? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> There's too many things. Okay, I'm gonna go with my earrings. So I got these. They're very like in at the moment. My LV earrings. Oh, I love those. Those are lovely. Birthday present for myself. Mine is very practical. I bought myself a, a new rucksack because. I don't like bags because they hurt. It's weird. I've got a bad back and anything I have with, that's got a laptop in becomes an issue. So if there's a bag over my shoulder, that's an issue. And a rucksack isn't 100% great either, but I feel like the weight is distributed a lot more evenly. Okay. So I bought myself a really nice rucksack from Harrods, actually, because I had a voucher. And it's really nice and it's got great compartments and it fits my laptop in and it's all super smart and it's black and I love it. It's great. So that's that. Very practical, not very uh, sexy at all. I did buy myself some really nice shoes as well, but they're not my favourite shit, but they're really nice. But yeah. Okay. Next question. What would be the most surprising scientific discovery imaginable? <laughs> what? I need some guidelines. What do you mean? If you were to find out something, like it could be anything, it could be very random, but what would you think would be, what would surprise you the most? So uh, what scientific discovery would surprise you the most? As in that we were trundling along in our life and then we're like, oh my God, they've discovered this and we just found out. Yeah, and like, oh my God, the earth is actually flat. Okay, it's actually flat. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is flat. No, I was going to say that Jesus lived in Shepherd's Bush. I don't know. <laughs> scientists like come along and be like so we found Jesus residing in Shepherd's Bush. <laughs> it's a scientific discovery. Performing miracles from a, from a stall in the market. That's mad. <laughs> I think all sorts of things like like the earth is flat, like we're all in one big giant simulation. Like yes. Fires are real. We're, we're aliens. Like the there's a what do you call it that the ocean is actually the sky just bend <laughs> I mean, just like... that we could teleport i think if we could teleport and we could have all this trouble that we've been troubling if we could teleport all now i'd be pissed and then mm -hmm. like oh my god yeah auntie lana i'm surprised you haven't got that 10 um, I, i've got so many is like i'm like what's the biggest because you said what's the biggest one so i'm thinking what would be the one thing that I'd be like, oh my God, that's crazy. That the moon is really... Made of cheese. No, a ship. And if you get to the moon, you can fly away. Like it's just a massive spaceship waiting for us to get there. Okay. That would, that I'd be like, wow, it's real. Interesting. Okay. Mine would be that all black people are really not black people that <laughs> we're well, white people, but we're living like in know. a game where they've tricked us because they've the black people have realized 
that the white people are oppressors. So they've tricked us into thinking, they flipped it, basically. This is a simulation. We think that we're being victimized because that's the way they want to keep us with, because yeah, imagine I think, that. I think that's real. <laughs> I think no, that's it. I'm saying not that we're the oppressors. Yeah, like they figured it out. Black people have figured it out. Oh, so we're actually white people. We're white people, but that's because black people have figured it out. Yeah, they figured out that the only way to keep black people down or white people down is to make them think that they're black. So the whites out there are black people, really? Yes, to keep... See what I'm saying? (laughs) That's how they keep the power, because they... What? That would make us really bad. No, because we're... No, because we are just happen to be like the offspring. We're not like the oppressors like in the sense of we're the ones that had the slaves. We're not them. But we're like the offspring. We're like current white people now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Who are, yes, who current white people. Yeah. I know. It's it's a bit <laughs> imagine if that happened. You'd wait, you know, someone say, like, it's a game. We're not really black. We're just, you know, we're black. We're just we're holding you down because we figured out that the best way to hold you down is to make you think that you're oppressed. Boy, there's truth in this mind. Oh, that is like the that's a, a trippy film. I'd love to see that come yeah. on TV. Like that's mad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm weirded out by that thought, but <laughs> you know, I like that. I like that's it. I have no more. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. All right, moving on. What's uh, well who are you working with in the family, Auntie Shadow? Okay, and forgive me if I pronounce names wrong, but I am welcoming Neka Dula Dulu and Laurie Ann Powers, who are the sixth and seventh black women to be appointed the Queen's Council. And if you don't know what Queen's Council means in the legal world, the Queen's Council are barristers or, or solicitors, advocates who are recognised for their excellence in advocacy. And they are often seen as leaders in areas of law and generally take on more complex cases that require a higher level of legal expertise. And we're just really proud of them. I think it's pretty amazing. Yeah, so sending them all the support. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. All right, all right. Now you're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. Don't forget to please add your reviews on Apple Podcasts and your likes on Spotify. And I must, which I'm not prepared for, I'll come back to it. I'm going to read a lovely review that we had on our YouTube channel. It's very beautiful. I will come back to it because I'm not prepared. I don't want you lot sitting there watching me scramble. Um, but don't forget to write, rate us on respective podcast platforms because it helps us become rich, wonderful aunties. And so now we're going to get into what have you heard. This is where we discuss the news stories that have got us talking in the week. Auntie Nana, go for it. What okay. have you heard? So my story is, I'm sure everybody, I hope everybody by now has really heard about what's been taking place in London with Child Q. This story broke six days ago now. I'm just going to read like the beginning passage as it broke on BBC in regards to the safeguarding report. And that's how the news came to our attention. I will read the first part for you guys. Okay. Right. A black girl, a black schoolgirl was strip searched by police after being wrongly suspected of carrying cannabis. The traumatic search by Metropolitan Police officers took place without another adult present at the girls' secondary school in Hackney in 2020. A safeguarding report on the incident concluded it was unjustified 
and racism was likely to have been a factor, Scotland Yard said the officer's actions were regrettable and it should never have happened. According to the report, the impact on the pupil referred to as child Q was profound and the repercussions obvious and ongoing. Family members described her as changing from a happy-go-lucky girl to a timid recluse but hardly speaks and who now self-harms and needs therapy. So from you guys, I just wanted to get your general thoughts on what has taken place and as more things have come to light that we know about what took place in the school. So just your thoughts on that. And also, if you could just enlighten us with putting yourselves in the parents' shoes, what would you do in this situation? Not too far. Oh, yeah. This is... It's so awful on so many levels. I just can't believe that you send your child to school and your child's supposed to be protected by the people. You hand over effectively your child for those types of hours that they're in school. You hand over the safety and the well-being and the care of your child for the times when they're in school. And you really think that they're going to have your kid's best interest at heart. And to know that nobody was present when this happened is traumatic. I, I, you said picture... What, Put yourself in the, in the parent's place. Put yourself in her place. Even as an adult, put yourself in, in her place where you're being asked to strip search and you're on your period. Like, I just... It, and to be of an age where your body's going through changes and there's not a single person there to protect you and to say that this is wrong, it's just awful. And I think that if I was this child's parent... The next piece of information that you would have heard is that her mum is currently serving time in prison because something would have kicked off. I just, yeah, so, something would have definitely kicked off and it, it wouldn't have been very pretty because the poor, she's going she's gonna to be traumatised now for such a long time. It, for, to go from a happy-go-lucky child, as they described her, to what she's going through now, I just... And I don't understand why it's taken this length of time for it to come out as well. It feels like some sort of cover-up that it's taken this period of time to be highlighted. It's just, yeah, the school is wrong. Apparently someone's been sacked. One of the teachers have been sacked. I think more people need to be investigated because let's not use that person as a scapegoat. There was more than one person who made that decision. And even if they did think that she had cannabis on her, why didn't you call her parents first? Isn't that the procedure? Aren't you supposed to call someone's parents first? If someone's being arrested and they're underage, you have to call their parents. And she wasn't even, I, I, I can't even, I can't get my words out because I'm just really heartbroken by the whole story. And I just feel so sorry for her. As a woman to have to go through that, as a young woman to have to go through that, it's humiliating. And um, yeah, it's just not nice. As you shout yeah, I think along with everybody, when this um, story broke, it was just, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I just could I, I really was like, just thoroughly, really shocked. I think like the unfortunate like detailing of her having to bend over and cough and it's just humid, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just awful. It's just terrible. I feel for the girl, to be honest, I really like, that could be anyone, 
if we took that back in time, that could be any one of us. It could be your sister, your cousin, your niece, your daughter. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of thing. It could. It just could be any one of us. And I just think that I just really remember being in school and being targeted by some teachers actually do you know what I mean and so I just really thought like oh god we're just not safe anywhere are we do you know what I mean and still in this day and age I think it's giving racist it's giving anti-black it's giving paedophilic it's giving anti-woman like it's just all the horrible things that you could think of. It's just absolutely awful. And I'm glad the teacher was sacked. However, that's not enough. That person also needs to be prosecuted. The school needs to do some sort of reform. I think the other teachers that knew about this as well probably need to be sacked. The police officers involved need to be sacked. And they cannot work in positions of authority anywhere, ever, ever again. Like, it's just too, it's not, it's just not enough. And I think, like, there are some cases, and I, I think, like, maybe this will be one of them. And it shouldn't have to, it shouldn't take this, but where people who are outside our race, like, actually understand the difference because this is because if this was a white child this would not happen and that is just a fact and there's no way like the parents of if it was a white child would deem this by any way it couldn't be explained away it's not acceptable do you know what I mean that sort of thing and it just is a, just a blatant example of racism and discrimination like this this is what we're talking about this is it do you know what I mean and I think so I think it's quite powerful in that sense and I do think obviously you know do you know what I mean in terms of like how it's going to impact us and maybe change some things in our society because there are those moments when that happens and I think I'm just I don't know I'm not really like a religious person but I was just like I don't know I just had to say a little prayer for them do you know what I mean like the family and, and the girl, and I, I just thought it's awful. And her friends, and do you know what I mean? Everybody around them in this. I just feel for black girls everywhere, really and truly, because this easily can happen. Yeah. Yeah, this um, very much upset me hearing it. As Auntie Flora said, I put myself in that position, and then I've thought about my child being in that position. I can't imagine getting that phone call because the times when my child's called me upset from school before because of stuff that's gone down already, the way your heart races, the way your emotions are warped and you just want to <laughs> fly. And then we talk about teleporting. If you could get to the school any quicker, it's just like just pounding to get to the school to sort stuff out. And I just can't imagine that feeling, let alone adults being stripped, so as we said, like having a child. I, at that, it's at that point when people, the police officers, the four police officers that were there, they must have known that what they were doing was wrong. When you get to that point where you, what I'm doing is wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. There's no way. And so what's in your mind when you're looking at a child who's on her period? And it's those levels of things. We can't even talk about periods in society. We don't even, we have adverts that show period as blue, water. We can't even show or discuss periods in a way that lets the world understand what it is that women go through. It's so taboo still in 2022. So imagine 
what this girl has subjected because under society where the, the period is seen as disgusting dirty and something that we're not allowed to talk about so imagine the shame that this girl has grown up in this world where periods are practically shameful so then you've got to expose your whole body to uh, four people who are violating you in that respect because of weed my mum bless her is pretty conservative in her views even she was like it's just weed and i if you know my mum she's not going to talk she don't say it's just weed for anything my mum said it's just weed call her parents call somebody you don't know it's just weed it's a class c drug if even if she's the biggest baddest dealer if, if you not know that she's the biggest baddest dealer in school for example i'm not even saying she is because there's rumors saying that she's a dealer whatever even if that's your thought why is she in why haven't you taken further measures why haven't you got um her, the school what what checked out her situation talk to her parents why isn't why aren't those measures in place she shouldn't even be in school if it's that bad then i'm not in condoning because black children get excluded more than anyone anyway but if it's that bad we're not condoning breaking the law and she shouldn't have been in school then if that be the case why is it all this thing about smelling like weed smelling like weed what and what how many children smoke weed? If it's true, I don't even, there was nothing found on her. They have found nothing on there. So she, that was a lie as well. So what is this? When you have a teacher that might have a vendetta against you, as Auntie Charlie mentioned, there's teachers that target you because they just don't like how you look. I've heard that she's got, I don't want to, people are trying to protect her identity, but what's out there is a conversation that she had locks. So you know how sometimes people view black people's hairstyles, see locks as threatening. Whatever the case is, somebody targeted her and decided that it was okay to have her subjected to this kind of madness. I don't know. It makes me tear up every time I think about it. I'm very proud of the people that turned up for all the marches. I don't know. I can't. It, it, it's really, it's distressing. And I don't, I don't know what those people were thinking. It's like the guy that the people, and as said, is that thing where there's a monumental moment that potentially changes the tide of people's perception. But why does it have to take black people all the time to go through such extreme dutty situations for people to empathize with what we go through on a daily basis? It's mad. I don't understand why can't the wider world understand what we go through when we just say it? Why do we have to have extra proof and to the detriment of us and our community? It's nuts. This girl is damaged. It's horrible. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Auntie Nana. I think the reason why this actually has the traction that it has is because it's been almost everybody unanimously being like, this is out of order. Listening to... Nick Ferrari and James O'Brien literally having the same thoughts on this was also like how disgusting yeah. it actually is that it took place because it there, there didn't seem to be any of that type of thing of, oh, I wonder what she's done before or any of the excuses when something is done to a black person that seemed to go and it's just straight up, this is foul, this was wrong. I hope lots of different measures come into place and I was really glad that the protests were really well attended because sometimes again you don't see that force when it comes to black women and black girls as you do with black men and black boys when something happens to them so I'm really glad that this has really swept everybody to be like actually we need to look at the ed education system and how it's not just black boys that are targeted black girls are as well and to me, there's just no other way than they wanted to humiliate this girl. So from when you searched her, you found nothing, but you called the police. The only thing that the police are going to do now is do a strip search because you've gone through everything, even made her take off her shoes. So anything, if she has it somewhere else, it's on her body. You're going to need the police to do that. 
at that moment, why was nobody else called? Why was social services not called? Why were her parents not called? Like this doesn't, it doesn't make any sense other than we want this to take place and this girl to have to go through this procedure and be damned with how she deals with it afterwards. Like it's, I can't even imagine. I think the, court, the whole school should shut down. Like, I, don't, I don't think it's fit for purpose. I don't know how you can carry on effectively teaching people when this has taken place under the management team that kids are going to feel am I even safe in this building this is one of those it has to they close down schools all the time for less than this I think the school should definitely be closed down and then also it's come to light that this isn't even like a a one-off like there have been other cases where kids who've been strip searched in school and maybe a nurse has been present but their parents haven't been called And it's like, why are police allowed to do this to children without a parent being there? And if a parent isn't there or they're in care for some reason, there should be an appropriate adult. I don't think any police officer should be searching kids without somebody else there. That's just that to me is very paedophile type behavior. Like I, I can't see how it's taken this long to come to our gaze that this is taking place. And then also, why ask a thing of what would you do if this happened to you or your family? I really feel for the family that they didn't feel empowered enough to come forward before. Like in 2020, I can totally see with the context of what was taking place in 2020, how you could have lots of authoritarian people around you being like, you need to wait for the review to come out. You need to wait for this report. Because in 2020, if this had come to light with George Floyd and the way everybody was protesting all the time, this would have been something to kick off in London, definitely. Right, 100%. And I think at that moment in time, because (laughs) everything was so heightened, Mm. that this was also added into the powder as well. It could have shook shook up a lot. It's, It's very fortunate that it's come out two years later when we're coming off of the back of a pandemic and there's a war, it's like we're bogged down with news and then you bring this. Mm. Very sly. But I hold nothing, I pure empathy for the family because I can imagine you don't want things kicking off in your child's name or I can, my heart breaks for them at the same time to be faced with that. But I also wish it had come to light earlier. They, they become targets, don't they? That's the thing. Yeah. Yourself, yes. Uh, you I, and I think it's just what this is also an example of is the adultification, ad, is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, of yes. black girls, which happens all the time. So we, or, and, and just black children in general, actually, think that we are just seen as older than we are and we're not allowed to be children and we're always treated more harshly. Do you know what I mean? Like more harshly and with less empathy. And I, I think it is, it, like you said, Auntie Nana, it is encouraging that people are not making excuses for this behaviour. At least some of them are. But there's still incidences, do you know what I mean, out there and stuff. And I think what they, what they, it, it, it's almost, there, there's no kind of logical reason to do what they did like when you really pick it apart she was sitting in an exam you can smell weed 
but you can't see her smoking. She's sitting in an exam. Do you know what I mean? So if you think something's on her, okay, cool. But then just wait until her parent comes. Do you know what I mean? And I, I agree with you. I just don't think it should be allowed that um, that police officers should be able to do that. They need to wait for a parent. Like, it's not so urgent. Why is it, if, if the act is not taking place right there in front of you, what is the urgency? It was just a vendetta. Do you know what I mean? That's but you know what's interesting? Like, you've all used the word targeted because, and I'm glad, Auntie Nana, you said that it's not, I can't remember if it was you, Auntie Shade, when you talked about black children being targeted because they are it isn't just black boys it's black girls it's black children and it's sometimes that thing where people feel that you've got a little bit too much personality mm-hmm. you're a little bit too much for them and they want to quiet you quiet you down they want to dim your light they want to take the shine off of you so what they do is they put kids in these situations that will humiliate them and will they basically yeah affect them in many different ways with black boys they stick him in jail they put them on medication to take away some of their emotions and to to control them oh they put labels on them mm-hmm. so it doesn't surprise me i it breaks my heart like you've all said but it doesn't surprise me because these, these are the tools that they use it goes back to colonialism unfortunately it goes back to slavery what did they used to do when someone was a little bit too like a wild horse they would say wouldn't it how do you tame yeah. a wild horse? What do you, you do? You beat it down. You beat it down. You do that, don't you? That's yeah. what people say. So it's just, this is a, the, one of the oldest tricks in the book that they've been using on us for centuries. And it's awful. I just cannot imagine how that child's feeling. And this this is going to haunt her for a very long time. I just wanted to read some of the stats that they said that, on Twitter, there's a feed from, from a guy called Tom Kemp. Strip searches routinely used by the Met Police. There were 172 plus thousand strip searches in the past five years. 9,088 strip, strip searches were conducted on children. This includes 2,361 children under 16. In the past five years, the Met Police conducted 57,733 strip searches on black people. So 33.5% of strip searches were conducted on black people when 11.7% of Londoners are black. In comparison, 27% of strip searches, 45,947, were conducted on white British people who make up 44.9% of Londoners. And then they, it's just mind-blowing. I was going to say about the, 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 it being like a slave on a block, the, the way that used to inspect us. And when they say that the ancestors or the generations of war, white colonialists or whatever, the white privilege and power that's instilled when you grow up in a world where you are the dominant ones, you inherit the traits. I don't care what they say, you inherit mm-hmm. the traits. So somehow you see this girl as a slave on an auction block, man. You, that you, you dehumanise her mm-hmm. in that you can just bend her over and inspect her and not see her as a child. How can you look at that person and not see a child? The thing is, it's just like, where is the threat? So even if she is hiding weed in her drawers... Where's the threat? It's exactly, what's the immediacy? It's, and, it's just not necessary. And if anything, send her home. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, send her home. Why is she at I just don't understand, like, it's just... And, like, it's taking her out of an exam when everyone's there, your whole class can see you. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's just and classic. It's the, ultimate, it's the ultimate power control. That's yeah. what it is. You know, you, we are in control of your every move. I'm going to make you take off your clothes. And you're going to stand in front of us naked and you're going to bend over. It's the ultimate form of control. Absolutely. And you've got to do it because they're the police. 
they're the people who are in in, in power. It's it's oh, it's the and ultimate. And depending on the time when it happened, if George Floyd was going about, what is she thinking? What would she have been thinking in that yeah. time? Like yeah. the fear, the absolute fear. Yes. What yeah. was she thinking in that time? I, I think that's all part of it. I think that's all part, you know, Ooh. how lots of people were really like, these guys are getting above their station. Yeah. And it was rattling a lot of white people. I actually think there is something to that, just that time of 2020. Yeah. Also, the dulling down of this as well is all a part of it. It's get out. I really am like, th this girl has no shame whatsoever. This is, it ha it, something has been done to her and I really don't want her to internalise this as it's, I'm a part of this in some way. It should, if she could really get proper intense therapy to remove that shame stigma that comes yeah. along with this. It's all on them. It's all of the teachers. It's the nurse that left her station to allow the to two police women to be in there with her to strip search her. She needs to go. It's the head teacher. The head yeah. has to be the one that called the police because that's the pecking order for when you're going to call police into a school that's outside. It's not a standard teacher. It has to go through the head. So he needs to go, or she needs to go. Like all oh, there's too many people in it who have had a job for two years until people started protesting. You all need to go. You've had a fat check for two two years now, You, like, but all of you need to go. It's thoroughly disgusting, and they should all be prosecuted as well, definitely. Yeah, has to I agree. Some type of duty of care. Sutton, 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 it's not just losing your they job. They shouldn't be able to work with children anymore. No. Yeah. yeah. And they, they need to see the school as well. The school should yeah. be shut down. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They, need, they need some money. They need to some compensation. Oh, the suing is... Absolutely. Left, right. If it was America... Yes, yeah. oh, they, they are suing them. Yeah, they They're are suing both. They're suing the police and the school. Suing everybody. They need to be paid properly. Like yeah. not both fifty thousand, a hundred thousand. No, 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 we need no, to no. be talking millions. She was fifteen yeah. years old. Millions need to come from everybody's coffers, especially yeah. Hackney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hackney are always talking about how they ain't got mo any money. But Hackney Council, this is what you got to do. You have to pay up for this. Like, Absolutely. I don't think it. You awarded this institution an academy, so you should also be responsible for some of this blame as well, because the academy obviously isn't fit for purpose. So everybody yeah. who's been a part of this should be affected financially. And Honestly, just to... uh, sorry, <laughs> go, go, go for it. And just to quickly say, the show Black and Brit, We Are Black and British, the reality type discussion debate show that was on BBC, mm -hmm. and we had that candidate, the um, Conservative Dominique, who was, when they went to the school, and she was very critical of the black school that put race yes. not at the forefront, but taught black history in a way that empowered the children. And as a result, the success rate of the graduations of the kids in that school was high. And that's the real conversation that needs to be had about how children, black children are taught. We don't, we, they need a different, we don't, they don't need white teachers that see them as animals or see them as grown adults. When they're children, we can see, we know our people. Black schools are more for it, more of that to give a different perspective. And that's why the big conversation in America about critical race theory not being taught because the white kids are going to be feeling upset about their, their history. Be taught the truth. Empower black children. It's not just empowering white children. It's not that. Regardless of the working class situation, that's you lot's fault. That's not our problem. Don't lump us in with that issue, a.k.a. the black non-racism report from Tony Sewell and his crew. What are they saying now? Sorry, Shadi, before we wrap up, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, like, I didn't really answer the bit of what I would do if it was mm -hmm. like, my child 
and I honestly, I, I find it very difficult to answer because it would literally be a blind rage. There's no, like, there would be absolutely no control. Like, I probably would. And if I couldn't physically do something, then I'm hiring someone to take you out. There's, like, just every single person that can be identified that was somehow involved, every single person. If I could do what the guy done in foundation and kill generations to come, that's what I would do. Everyone's going to get it every single person possible yeah. like there's no two ways about it. i just wouldn't be able to like you see people who get into activism because of something that's happened to them it would change my whole life do you know what i mean i couldn't yeah. be the same person again it's just nah it would con it would consume me um there's yeah, yeah totally agree with you 100 percent and why do you think i'd be one of those people that'd be like i'm gonna fight the power but i don't i, I blind rage yeah. I literally want to take out everybody involved. Yeah. And whilst we're on your auntie Shad, what have you heard? Okay, so my story is about the smacking ban in Wales. In Wales, which is part of the United Kingdom, you cannot basically hit your child anymore. So this is a historic Labour-led win. So the legalisation that has come into force removes the defence of reasonable punishment, so that's a key phrase, that has been enforced since Victorian times in uh, England and Wales, making all forms of physical punishment against children, such as smacking, hitting, slapping and shaking illegal, and the law will apply to everyone in Wales, including visitors into Wales. So I just wanted to know coming from black culture <laughs> like kind of thing a lot of us were smacked punished growing up not just black culture to be honest but that's just our experience what do you think about this do you think the england should be next and yeah and do you believe what do they call it corporal punishment is that what you call it is that the, the... well that's the bigger term of it all yeah kind of thing do you believe in it do you not do you think it's necessary sometimes or not what do you reckon auntie nana so I welcome this, actually. I think it's a progressive step and I don't ever think it's okay to hit children. I have definitely smacked my boys on their hands and like their legs when they were little. But I definitely afterwards, and sometimes in the moment, did recognise I had just lost my temper. So as much as I'm being managed with how I'm hitting them, it's still like when I'm thinking back on it, it's like I was thoroughly annoyed and not in control of my emotions. And I don't think that's okay with children. So I'm I'm for this. How they're going to monitor it or police it or any of that type of thing, I have no clue. But it's cool that it's there and people will start to think more about when they're hitting their kids and that it's not actually okay. I think it's very interesting that this isn't being enforced in England yet. And I wonder why. With their brutality, I think it will take a little while before the English take this on and put it into law. But they they need to actually think about how violent they are as a society. And actually, maybe if you stop smacking or you put in place that it's not OK to do that, maybe it would filter through to other things that they do that is very violent to humans. So yeah, I, I welcome it. I think it's good. In all honesty, I thought this happened in the 90s. I've just read it and it's like it was other European countries that actually banned it. But I thought this happened in the 90s because I remember one of my cousins, my uh, one of my uncles hit him 
And he was like, I'm going to call Childline. This is, it's illegal. You're not allowed to hit me. I'm going to call the police. It's illegal for you to do that. It's against the law. So I, I thought this happened in the 90s. Yeah. Who knew that it wasn't actually a law? Uh, so I grew up with parents, grandparents, aunties and uncles who they would call it, they're chastising you. But I suppose the beat it, for me, you shouldn't ever beat your kid because I think a lot of us were subjected to some serious different level type of beating that could be seen by someone as a little bit abusive. Not to say your mum's abusive or your dad's abusive or whoever, like, but it's, it, I do think there is an element of sometimes when people beat their children, it is more about their temper and their control as opposed to what the child has really done. So I think people need to be aware of that. I don't know how people are gonna actually manage this. How are they gonna know if you smacked your kid? I think for me and in, in my parenting, I would be lying if I was to say that I've never slapped, smacked my child. I obviously have, but it's not a practice that I do. That is, I, I could, it's very few and far between that I've done it. And because I've experienced being hit out of anger, that's not something that I what I do because I, I just don't think it's effective as well. But I certainly got to an age where it was like, they're going to beat me and it's going to be over after a while. And then I'll be able, able to go about my business. I, for, for me, punishment was worked more if something I enjoyed was taken away, if I was grounded or if I couldn't use the phone or if I couldn't watch the TV or stuff like that, as opposed to you're going to beat me, I'm going to cry and then afterwards I'm going to be okay. Because you become immune to, to beat it in a way if you know ugh, I, i'm probably not explaining that in the right sense but I no 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 i get it you know, I get yeah, yeah, yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. so I, I i don't think that's an effective way to punish and certainly my daughter's more sensitive if i tell her i'm disappointed in her if i have mm. a, if i have a conversation with her and i let her know that what you're doing is not right it's not very nice it's that sort of thing that affects her far more than if i was to beat her but there is that fear because i have smacked her before there is that fear that it could happen again yeah <laughs> i don't need to i actually don't need to because it's a if i push it this might happen but she doesn't ever but she's she's actually a very good kid so i'm quite lucky but yeah i i think some people need to know that it's not okay but yeah. i don't know how it'll be managed i'm rambling i used to think that beating was necessary not no i always thought that no I always thought that we shouldn't have the law intervene in how we parent our children because then it starts to get a bit sticky and messy. And it is that thing. If I'm now like doing like a reasonable smacking on my child, what I think is reasonable, and then for some reason I could get imprisoned or fined. And especially the pressures of being any type of parent, whether single, whether in a relationship, the pressures that this society puts you under. And the fear of outside in the streets, and especially if you are talking about black children who have a different type of reality in certain situations, and trying to keep them away from the perils that is growing up as a black child in inner city London, for example, or any inner city. I can, I, I would hate to criminalize those parents who feel at a loss of how to reach their children. On the flip side, as I became a mother and as I parented my child, I remember the one time I felt like I needed to be, I can't remember what she did and I had to smack her up and I was smacking her. And I think I've said this before, as I was smacking her, it wasn't, I wasn't getting the satisfaction, it, like it wasn't connecting. And it's a very mad feeling, like it wasn't 
the slap that I wanted to slap her to get through to her, it wasn't reverberating in my hand the way I wanted it to. And I don't know what I was expecting, what I wanted to feel. And after a moment, I was like, this isn't right. I'm not doing the right thing. And it's me wanting to get through to her because I'm angry at her. This isn't doing anything. It's not making sense. And so I stopped. And then from then, and she never got beat. Like a slack on the hand, like a little flick or something, like stop doing what you're doing. So there's an element of as antifrosis of fear. There's levels that this can get to, but we don't have to go there. Don't push me to that level. And also it is about disappointment. It is about removing things that they liked and that type of narrative. So I, I don't know about it being a lawful thing. I think it's necessary because there are children that are being abused. And there are children that are in situations where the parents are just lashing out and beating them for any minor thing. And I think that gives them a little element of protection where they can have at least something potentially if the lawyer is working where the law is supposed to work and not in contrast to what's human rights and stuff. You've got an out. You've got somewhere where you know that actually you can't be doing this to me, parent, and I can go to the law and get you in trouble for doing this. So can you watch yourself? So I don't know. I'm I'm leaning more towards this is a good thing, and but I just the society doesn't prepare people for the mental health toll that it takes on being a parent in a society that's under so much pressure. So a parent that loses their temper one time potentially and i'm not saying that excuses what they do to the child i'm not and i'm not talking about an extreme but they might beat the child in a way that maybe they had all their temperaments and wits about them they wouldn't have done and if it's because they're under pressure from work life whatever i'd hate for a parent that's potentially a good parent to get into more trouble and then the child the family split up the child's taken a winter care all that type of stuff but i also think it's a good thing the law's there so that the child has some sort of out if they are in that type of situation so i don't know auntie shade yeah, I think I'm a little bit similar um, to you, Auntie OK. I don't think, like, the law the law should, that you should have a law to do this. Do you know what I mean? I think it should just be common, just be, like, our, our culture, almost. Do you know what I mean? So you wouldn't need a law to do it. However, it's... It, it just can, I don't know, it does protect children, but I just also think it can be manipulated as well. That's the other side of it. It's not really a positive thing to say, but I do, do you know what I mean? If you want to be emancipating for your parents, then you could just easily say, she hits me or he hits me kind of thing. If one, you, the parents split up and they could tell the child, just tell them that she hit you or he hit you. Do you know what I mean? And I think the, the it depends what like the consequence, the actual consequences are and stuff. But I just don't like the government being involved in like that aspect of family life or in a lot of things to do family life to be honest it makes me a bit uncomfortable but then at the same time I was brought up in a household where violence was rife do you know what I mean so it was normalized to me like and also like just the social I remember my dad used to have this phrase that he used to say not that my dad was actually wasn't even the violent one he like maybe only hit me twice in my life but that was like enough like you guys are saying like to just no, <laughs> I'm too scared. Do you know what I mean? But like he used to say, when children make the rules, the country becomes, falls into disarray. That's what he used to say. So it's just, if you lose the power to be able to control your children, do you know what I mean? Then they become more powerful and they're not mature enough to make decisions and do you know what I mean? And all this kind of stuff. So that, that, that was his viewpoint or in, to me, how I interpreted his viewpoint at least. And 
yeah, I just, I, I don't know. It just always stuck with me. And like the children I have like helped raise and I've helped raise many. I can't say I hit them a lot, but I don't think I ever done it out of anger. It wasn't like a moment, like maybe they've done something, but it's, your punishment is, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And this is that, but I don't know if that's even more <laughs> disturbing to be honest because if you're not enraged <laughs> do you know what I mean and you're doing it very like methodical like this is what's happened and this is your punishment and you're gonna get free free hits do you know what I mean that is uh, but I don't but then at the same time there is a very clear understanding that you're getting this because this had happened do you know what I mean so there is that not oh if something's happened you've just gone into a rage and you just threw them across the floor or punched them in their face or just grabbed anything to beat them or making them get a belt and to pick a branch off a tree like all these psychologically damaging things that some of these parents do to children so I think it's complex I do think it's complex and I think like uh we particularly like our cultures are different do you know what I mean so we have to navigate that space having dual dual cultures do you know what I mean so I think I definitely remember growing up and I'm pretty sure you guys do too there's something you might get hit for at home that your white counterparts at school did not get hit for do you know what I mean or get or told off or chastised or whatever in some sort of way so I think I don't know I'm a bit on the fence not that I should hit children generally no <laughs> but I, think, I don't want the government to tell me that I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I think there's something in it that you said about our cultures, because I don't, and I know, I, I do know many a black child who, in my community, and I'm speaking from the community that I grew up in, and I know there are white, I knew white children in school who were beaten, and you just had the fear of God putting them, especially if they had a very religious background as well, going home to like, because they did this, that, and the other, they were, the fear of God was them. I went to a Catholic school, so I knew many a child that was like, Nah, man, if I go home, I'm going to get bus up. So it's not exclusive to black people because I'm just talking about the community that I am from. They're definitely kids that like you got beat too much for certain things. But also what is interesting when you're black in a country that's not your own, your culture is demonized and things that I, I, we still talk about things like on TV shows, when you see black children, especially as we are evolving and getting more globally collected and our cultures are merging, there's an element, especially when you're looking at TV shows that display the affluent black family, sometimes in order to depict the affluent black family, they've adopted the behaviors of the wider mainstream, considered mainstream culture. So they're doing things like answering back. They're doing things like putting their feet up on the couch. They're, 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 the, the cultural boundaries that we grew up under that I think were okay, having respect for your parents and things like that, and yes, there needs to be some adjustment in some of it, like by, de by default, you've got to respect because I'm your auntie, your uncle, your mum. with even though they haven't maybe earned the respect, there's an element of discussion there. But generally, our cultural isms as black people, I think are good ones. A lot of them are good. And, but yet, because we're in a liberal, liberal country, they get demonized and frittered away and diluted into, it's okay to have table debates about the fact why I don't want, why I'm pissed off because I can't go out with my friends, nanny, daddy, like all that type of shit. That's not it. You're not going because you did something wrong. Why are we now open to debate? And then removing that element of punishment that we, how we do it legally, I think it will demonize um, non-white cultures a lot. Because I think a lot of, not just black cultures, brown cultures, 
have that element of um, punishment. But again, I'm not advocating for a child to be bussed up for no reason. I'm not advocating for children and for adults to always have carte blanche control over kids because I think there's an element of, there is a new generation of exploring conversations and different ways of parenting. I think those are growing up in very strict black households as well, welcome the new way of having conversations and discussion about certain things and not just being do as I say, not as I do type of ruling. Yeah. But there has to be a bit, I, as I say, for everything to do with black culture, because of the stuff that's been imposed, imposed on us from slavery, colonialism, and all the stuff that we've had, you can't, we have to have different rules. We have to have, a, we have, to have slower steps towards the rules that you guys imply, impose on us, because we've grown up in a different existence. And what we see, it's just not, it's, it doesn't, it's not fair, but I'm not advocating that parents should just be able to beat. I want to just go back to what you said, Sade, about both of you picked up on it, culture and our black culture. And I see it from a different angle because I feel like with the interruption of slavery and colonialism, a lot of our parents and grandparents were actually beaten. They were brought up in very strict, different ways than is not necessarily African. And so I don't subscribe to it being us. They were in really harsh conditions and that that survival instinct and kids can be seen and not heard. I don't feel like that's intrinsically African. I think that has actually come from Europeans suppressing our Africanness and were very brutal. So a lot of brutality that kind of goes on in households, I don't think that is from us. I actually think that's a European standard that we've taken a have adopted it like this is our culture and this is how we parent. And it's like, actually, it's not. When you look at the correlations between that and a slave master, they're very close. That kind of, what's the saying? Is it spared of God's God? I don't think that. But I, do, I, I think that we sometimes forget that before slavery, Africans governed themselves and they would take over other tribes or do you know what I mean to make their tribes bigger and stuff and they had their own practices too so I don't know if it's I don't I'm not even I don't know I agree where you're coming from Nana I think it's something that and I agree what you're saying on Charlie because I think there's as we talk about the romanticism of our original roots there's documentation of how we live but not enough to really know what was ours and definitely there was a there was an borrowing of cultures when the colonialists and slavery slave masters came say people came in so there's things that they learn there's a lot of stuff that they learn from us as well Most cultures but did not, in a primitive like way to control their people like yeah, if you know, there were different methods so i just don't uh, do you know what i mean like I, i'm not sure i'm not even talking or referencing like extreme measures do you know what i mean i i guess what i'm saying is more like maybe just getting a, a wooden spoon on the hand. That's that's basically what I'm saying. Like, is that is because? But then at the same time, there's another side to me that's just: is there ever a reason to hit a child? Because yeah, like, my, yeah, exactly. like, yeah. my brother, how he raises his children, he does not at all has not ever. Do you know what I mean? And his children are fine absolutely do you know what I mean there's there's never an I quizzed him on it kind of thing and it was just like he's just never had it felt like there was it was reason enough where that was going to make a bigger difference to like 
challenge the understanding of what the lesson that needs to be learned in this moment. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I just thought it was, that made me pause. I'm not saying that I'd be every, <laughs> like every come here with a wooden spoon. It's not that, but like, but I it did make sense. The wooden spoon is abuse. My gran used to say, go and get the pallet. The square thing, isn't it? The square thing. Mm. Like a paddle, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. the paddle yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Sure. Pallet, yeah. She beat you with a pallet. I think it's like think of getting and because you want a, like drawing for something. I think I remember my mum one time she was so frustrated she drew for the telephone wire, but then she and then she gave up and then she stopped beating me. Yeah, like, that's 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 a no, sad one. Or the um, to find something. The, the, something. The, or the curtain wire. The curtain, yeah. the curtain wire. That's what I was. That's that action. The that, wire. that that kind of to me seems, and it, I get to be also it depends how many different types of beats that you've got as well kind of thing <laughs> to know which ones it sounds funny but which ones are oh. more beautiful and yeah. more scarring because it's a true. curtain player will lick off your skin yeah you will have welt whereas a wooden spoon not so much but you're right unfortunately i could probably a few of us can probably tell you how different things like yeah. a towel if you whip someone with a towel in the right way that's that crazy, shit man weapons is is a next level because you're you're because it is then it's what are you actually doing what's your outcome what's it's your point intent, isn't it really what's yeah. your intent yeah right. you are going you like want to hurt you because you've you made me angry and if like in my situation the person that's beating they're beating me until they are tired that's you know what I mean? so they don't care about my state like what do you know what I mean? Like it's like until they're a physical. But that's yeah. their arms is now too tired to carry yeah. on. But then equally, there's drawing for something, and then there's tucking somebody in like there's someone on road. Yeah, that's yeah. And I've watched that. I've watched that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Being yeah. and, and I was just gonna yeah. say, like that, <laughs> and I don't. This is probably not a good story to say, but is the truth that. For the path my life went, yeah, <laughs> that gave me a sense of a, a deepened sense of awareness to be able to read people, to sense danger, to be able to get out of situations, to actually take a beating when necessary, know when to get away. Like, I can't, like, if I didn't go through that, I would not have that ability and I probably wouldn't have survived my situation. And that's just a fact. And it's, a, it's a, probably a very sad fact, but that's just how it is. Seriously, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, boy, I don't know. I don't, I don't. Thinking of that stuff, as somebody who's never been hit from either parent, never. It's just not. It's not happened. The most my mum did was pull my ear, and that only happened once. And I still winced at that, and it literally was a pull. But watching my friend get beaten up in my house by her mum. That was terrifying for me. I was so scared because I, I literally thought she ain't getting up again. And then when she got up, it was like, raw. that was a, like they're fighting. And was, I was yeah. so scared. Like my heart, I was like, if this happened to me, I think I would die from the shock. Just the horror of it. I don't know how I'd be able to process it. But you remember I said to you that you get to a point where you understand the beating. Yeah. You just yeah. Yeah. You, go to the, you get to that point. Yeah. Most definitely. I'll be thinking well. what we're gonna eat for dinner. Hundred yeah. percent. I remember getting beat one time and I'm like, my head's not even there. 
yeah. then that's making someone else more mad. More mad because yeah. I'm not giving them the reaction that you want to get. Yeah. yeah, that's because I've got to the point where it's, it is what it is. You know, yeah. but it's yeah, that, it's such a tricky one because I do think that get, drawing for a weapon is bad, but beating someone like you're, you know, are you a man of man? Some like, of the worst yeah. beatings I've got weren't from my mum. That's all I'm saying on that. All right. Auntie AK, what have I heard? We have Kemi Badenoch, who is, let me give her the proper titling. She is Equalities Minister for, and she's a conservative. And uh, she's been, she's moving forward in the position of people are starting to say, oh, this could be our prime minister. And at the very least, the Labour, um, the Conservative Party leader. Because of her kind of problematic right-wing views, those of you listening, watching from are the estates would possibly compare her to Candace Owens and this and the such. So it's a black, a, a black kind of conservative slash right wing, depending on how far you see her views. Person, pundit. She spoke and we discussed child Q. She basically said that she, though she called it an appalling incident, she welcomed the fact that the Met had apologized and that the case was being investigated by the Independent Office for Police Conduct, which is the IOPC. She also added, what we cannot do is stop any bad thing from happening to anyone in the country at any time. That is a threshold that is impossible to meet. But we do. But what we do know is that everybody is rightly appalled and outraged by what happened to Child Q. That is an, an example of a country that cares about ethnic minorities and about children in the system. And we will continue to do everything we can to support them. She's also, we also had mentioned the race report that Tony, that was led by Tony Sewell, that basically dismissed the fact that though it acknowledged there was, there is racism, it kind of diluted the pressures and issues that we are suffering under racism in this country. And basically said, we're not, it's not all bad. And he's been, he's, he's, he's had an honorary doctorate withdrawn from, an honorary degree withdrawn from, I can't, I'll find the university. And she's criticized that saying that the choice to deny the chair of the Commission on Race and Ethnic Disparities, Tony Sewell, an honorary degree would have negative impact on the ability of black people to speak out. And she's speaking about the, like black people having alternative views to liberal woke views that I guess most of us, a lot of us have. And she's also gone on to say that it's her mission to address inequalities in our society. She said she came from the UK, came to the UK from Nigeria as a 16 year old child and grew to love it. She said the values we stand for are those that raise people up and see the best. And she says that we should, she said what she learned about the United Kingdom and um, the empire in Nigeria was quite nuanced. And we should continue to teach a nuanced view of the empire rather than one that downs it. So my question, no, it's not a question, it's just pondering thought is, what are your thoughts about Kemi Badenoch? And, and I, I, it's more than just, okay, she's a black UK, to the UK's vote on Candace Owens. The only line of interest I could maybe pulled out of what she said is the fact that when black people have alternative views to the norm, how do we navigate that? And I know, I think we've discussed before that some of sometimes we, we, a lot of us do have quite conservative views about things. However, we generally are not for the oppression and the suppression of the minority in a country that's oppressed them for generations and decades and stuff like that. So I just wanted to explore that kind of conversation, what, where she's coming from and the fact that possibly she's being primed for prime minister, possibly she could at least be the Conservative Party leader. What are your thoughts? Auntie, who hasn't gone first? Shade? Yeah, as a Nigerian, I'm I'm just deeply embarrassed by this. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> like, seriously, I can't. I just can't. Like, I think one thing about uh, my people, I will say, yeah, is there is 
always they're always good for a debate and exploring ideas and like having different views and stuff and everything like that. That doesn't mean that it's a good fucking idea. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't mean that we should put it into practice. Just because you can argue something doesn't mean that's the way it should be. So yeah, I, I just, it's just frustrating having someone like this. I don't even know how to explain it other than I don't want to be xenophobic, but no, you can't come here to, to, to this country. You're not even born here. Just no, you're not going to be prime minister. No, you're not. No, I don't. I know that doesn't sound good at all, but no, I, I just think you, you have no fucking idea of what it is to, to live and grow here as a British person. That's not your experience. So how, almost like how dare you speak on it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's my thoughts. That's my thoughts, actually. I was just reading the comments and somebody said, this is a really pragmatic and well thought out, reasonable argument that she's putting forward. I hope politics doesn't dim her fire. It's like people are full of shit and so is she. And I agree. I think I'm flabbergasted that she's made it to be an MP. You came here at 16. And this is only because you have these crazy thoughts and leanings against black people. The fact that you're calling us ethnic minority, for one, when we're the global majority, you're a fool. Right. And I don't think that she should be in parliament. I feel like you should, I feel like you should be, you should be born here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sounding really like, like <laughs> about it, but I do think her being 16 when she came here from Nigeria, I'm thoroughly like, how, and how are you an MP please? Like you haven't even gone through schooling here. But that's not okay. So, yeah, that is one. But she's just such a little, I don't even want to say the words, but we all know it begins with a C in lots of different ways. She's all of the C words. And it's annoying. (laughs) It's annoying that she gets such a platform to speak on so many, like they always wheel her out with the black issues and she's always there. To, to say what a white person would say but would be called racist they always wheel her out saying all of that and it's we're, we're sick and tired of it and I really hope like she gets real hard stares and a hard time at all the family gatherings I hope people take her to task in her normal life but she probably isn't really around other Nigerians or black people she's probably hanging around Nigerians. other yeah there's there's that leaning isn't there and that's all in the education that's what I'm saying like from the topic before it's how you're brought up and the institutions that you go to in the colonial countries as well that reinforces what happens over here and so you can come over here and you've been indoctrinated that the the motherland is great and what they did to us isn't so bad because before they came along we had bones in our nose and and it's just like this is all lies it's all lies, but if you're fed that every day and you really do believe that this is the hub of heaven, you're going to come here and chat shit on a daily because they fed it to you. And she's just one of those chat shit on a daily chicks. Auntie Farah. Oh, she's a walking contradiction, isn't she? She's literally a walking contradiction. Even just reading what she's saying, like she's got all the, the, the classic lines. I've experienced racism. And I know what that does. Sean Bailey said that. But it's not racist. We shouldn't say the whole country is racist. We're tearing down the institution. Look at us. We're a great success story for democracy. And uh, seriously, she should just 
seriously, sit down in a corner somewhere and be quiet. I don't understand why she, well, I do understand why she's got a platform because she's all of the C words like Auntie Nana said. I just, on one hand, she's talking about if we want to achieve greater equality and we can't fall for the narrative that this country's institutions are fundamentally racist, right? <laughs> then she says in another bit where racism does exist, and that there is definite disparity amongst people and not everyone ha is as privileged as, as or as fortunate as she's been to experience England or the UK in the way that she's experienced it. Then she says that she has experienced racism. Like, I'm just confused by wh which way you're trying to go. I, I, I don't understand which way you're trying to go. But maybe she's just not the best person to talk about this sort of stuff. She didn't grow up here. You were 16 when you came over. Your experience as a 16-year-old is fundamentally different to being in school as a child and realising that you are not the same because your white counterparts are saying different things to you and your teachers are treating you differently. She's not had that experience. She just hasn't had the same experience. And it's just, I just wish these people would stop saying that it isn't so bad when it clearly is so bad. When did this come out? When did this article come out? When did she start saying all this shit? She's saying it now. This is well, that's my point. She's yeah. saying it now. And listen to what we started. We spent about 45 minutes talking about child Q. Yeah. 45 yeah. minutes. She doesn't have the security or the insight. And I just, I don't even think it's like that colonial like viewpoint. It's just, uh, what is the pathway to success? That's what it is. That, that, that's. That's all this is. It's about trying to get ahead, trying to be noticed, trying to be a leader, and what is the quickest path to do this? And this is like he said, um, Artinella, they wheel it out anytime to come up, and then she gets the attention and she gets that that position, and no doubt she will get support for sure. She will get. She will get. She will, also, she will because she then she also said the key thing about oh, it's not just hang on, I have to get the exact words because this is just typical crap i can't find it but basically she said it's not just about ethnicity and race because you have the working class white boys as well she's that's not the cancel, and it's just it's such a false equivalency and it's what that's what the report tried to lean on and it's that thing where those sensitive blacks that don't want to make it all about race because they feel sensitive in their space and because they've allowed their white people to talk to them in any type of way and they've agreed and oh yes 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 it's true it's not all about black people and all this type of stuff you've allowed yourself to be placated and be rolled out in your circle especially when you're especially if you are surrounded by right-wing conservative type people and you're the only black in the village you then find it hard to explore the depths of the truth that is yeah working class white boys okay that's not our fault that's not a problem it doesn't mean that there's not racism and oppression against black exactly. people in the country. It doesn't mean that. At the same time. Two exactly. things can be always be true. because it, And that's not on us to dismiss for the sake of white boys, because those working class white boys, one thing that you, you've all watched My Fair Lady, all they have to do is speak posh, put on a suit, and they could potentially invent them, inventing yeah. analysts. Yeah. Yeah. We have to go through, we can't change our color, can't change our appearance. And for those of us who don't want to change our culture and what we're into, we can't hide. So even on the very simplistic, basic comparison as that, don't try it. Don't compare us and put in the same boat. 
Kemi, I'm all for us having freedom of opinion and not being oppressed because we, you know, we've spoken about sometimes if a black person speaks well to do, as it were, and doesn't drop their eye, or whatever the case, speaks, they get criticised, get accused of being a coconut. That I definitely experienced that going through school. People assume that because I spoke well, that I didn't know anything about blackness and black culture. And you do go through those things. I understand that people need freedom of opinion and freedom of thought, but do not do it at the detriment. Don't lie. And as you guys have said, the opportunist, being the only black in the room that everyone's listening to, you've got some insecurities there. You're not valued. And so you want to be valued in these spaces. So you're the only black that means that has any relevance and power in amongst the white space. And everyone listens to you. It's an ego trip. You cannot sit there and tell me that you really believe everything you're saying. You really can't. She really can't. No, the thing is, but she reminds you of those people who, you know, like when you work in a corporate company and maybe you work in marketing and you're supposed to do B2B marketing, but you've never run a business in your life. How it runs, talking about what you've been taught or what, do you know what I mean? What you think it should be. Do you know what I mean? That's what, like, it's all theory, babe. All, all your opinions are theory. They're not practical. Yeah. They're not, and this is about opening her, the, her, the thing that she says first. Building a better life for you and your family, that's what being a conservative means. That's the promise that Britain has always offered. Are, you, are you smoking? There's no evidence of that. There's no evidence are you smoking? of that. He's selling the weed. <laughs> I don't even say that. What, where's the evidence of that? We're in a country that's at, in, and that's the part, like, when you guys... Are, when also you, as well, sorry, can you go and go and sort out Nigeria, please? Go exactly. Go. You left Nigeria to come and talk. Can they come and talk? We literally have turned into right-wingers. Go back to where you came from, love. No, sorry. No. because you can't, it's true what you said. You, you cannot have the experience of not living here and understanding it. and possibly you're coming from a privileged perspective you mm-hmm. can be on be on the say be working class be be going on tifara the, the uk is an amazing success story yeah, of multinational multi-faith multi-racial democracy respected across the world by whom what are you talking what are you talking That's about a lie i don't like the lip service how um, how can we have an equalities minister who hasn't actually gone through schooling here to know anything about equality. How can, she's the minister for equality. She came here when she was 16. How does, how does she even get this job? Yeah. It doesn't even make sense that she even was given this job in the first place. And her views go actually counter to a lot of what goes down in equality legislations. Like actually when you're writing up what would make uh, your equality policy, what she says goes against that. So how can she be the minister? I think we we must, I guess we must be careful because there are lots of immigrants who come over here and do get into positions of power and can make a, the world a better place. So there's an element of, I guess... No, I still don't care. No. But, no, 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 no. There's a freaking line. Do you there's know? a line. I agree, I agree, I agree. Listen, just say a society that sees everything through the prism of race yes. and ethnicity will never be the society with at ease with itself. Oh, but oh, honey, what? a society that does not own up to its racism that and its racist true. pasts and its racist institutions will never free and from course, itself. And of course, she's against and um, critical um, race theory. Of course, she is. You can't be apologist. You cannot be an apologist. You cannot be a black apologist. You cannot be a black apologist. It's like she wants us to go to zero and build from there. 
free taxes, pay us a grand a month. When all of these things come into being, then we can be like, you know what? They're actually actively trying to get us on an equal footing. So let's start giving them an inch because they actually are trying. Until that time, what you're aiming for is not going to happen because it hasn't been done. We can't, there's, there hasn't even been a sorry. So we're getting no sorries, no nothing. And then we should be working for an equal society. That foolishness. And she still, and she knows, because she will have seen the document where our country, where the African countries on the continent and Caribbean countries are still being colonized. I have still got Western businesses with their tentacles deep entrenched in our soil, raping our land. You're come from, you come from back home to come and say that the empire is wonderful. The point of her, you know, them saying that she's primed to be prime, that's not happening. She's literally a pawn. This is just like to to rile people up, basically. Do you know what I mean? Because the fucking audacity, how how freaking day. Could you imagine? But I can't lie. Could you imagine? It will be a cold day in hell if they make a Nigerian prime minister of this country. (laughs) It's not happening. It's not happening. I wonder if her and Pretty get on. No. They're they 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 people of colour getting on. That's not going to William and Kate have had to cancel a trip, one of their trips in the Caribbean to Belize because the villagers basically protested and said that we don't want you here. Leave our land alone because of the colonial history. And it's just come out as well that Jamaica are um, basically saying the same sort of thing. Don't come here. We don't want you here. You're not welcome. What do you guys think about this? And also, what do you think about the whole tour that these guys are trying to do? I. Can I just go, F the tour, leave us alone, go back to where you came from, respectfully, disrespectfully. But what annoys me, though, is as I thought, when, I, when the stories were out that there was protests, I thought that meant they cancelled the tour. They didn't actually cancel the tour. It was just one particular part where they were protesting and they did continue their tour. And they, the, the media has done counter stories showing Kate and Prince dancing with uh, in with Belize people and the, the culturists came out and did traditional dancing in front of them. So it all went ahead. It was one particular area that they were processed and they didn't go to. So that annoyed me because I actually thought, yes, Belize, go Belize. But actually it was just one section that they cancelled their tour of and then they still continued. So that irritated me. And I'm all for countries that were formerly enslaved and colonised by these people and their families to say no don't come, you can't come in, the shield is up. When you come, you'll bump your head on the glass and go right back onto your plane to where you came from. That's what I hope for us all to do. Auntie Nana. Yeah, no, I'm, I am I want the protest to be really widespread so that they actually have to cancel going to Jamaica. I'm hoping that takes place. But I'm really glad that they haven't had what usually happens with royal tours is that really open, open arms and everybody's really happy to see them, that this tour has come up against quite a lot of backlash and people being like, why are they here and why are we celebrating 70 years and do we actually really need the monarchy? I'm seeing that far more in various different forums. So 
hopefully it's not going to be too long before this institution is over. I don't even know now if William is going to be king. And if he is, he may be the last one. Because I just think everybody is sick and tired of it. And the world is changing too fast. But just not into this pomp and ceremony and spending money on these paedophiles. It's like they can go. Auntie Shadow. I want to say allegedly after that last bit, Auntie Anna. Who was a paedophile? I just said paedophiles. Okay, cool. Uh, just for safe measure. My thoughts on this, yeah, like why are they going on tour? Why are they going on tour when, number one, we're in a war, there's just been a pandemic. How are they affording this? This is our money. This money should be going to NHS workers. I don't understand why they get to go to a holiday in the Caribbean where people are suffering, can't pay their fuel bills. Right. The cost of food has just gone up. The whole cost of living has gone up. Why are they going on a tour, please? For what reason? No, they should not be accepted or welcomed at all kind of thing. They need to come home and sort out the mess that, that, that this government has created. Come and help clean up the mess. Do you know what I mean? And yes, I think as well, like, man, it's over. This monarchy shit, it's, it's done. It's done now. We're bored. It, it's enough. Uh, and and also as well, it's like, unless you're going there to talk reparations, then then what are you going there for? What <laughs> To dance, and dance, and do weird, and be carried on a bloody chaise. Antifara. It's, it's, it's yeah. annoying. Antifara. So, this is the same man who said he blamed the oh. black uh, birth rate in Africa <laughs> on the decline of the wildlife over there. Yeah. This is the same man who likes to come out and say that we need to look at the environment more and people need to stop burning energy and using fuel, fossil fuels and all of this stuff. But he's flying around on his private jet going around the Caribbean. This is the same man who the other day <laughs> was talking about we don't see war in Europe. It's usually these blackies. He might as well have said it. He didn't say that. He basically said but it's in these other countries. But you're going around doing this. Why are you doing it? Because you're scared of the fact that Barbados, who were known in the Caribbean as Little Britain, probably yeah. the last country in the Caribbean that you would have thought would have done this, were the first people up in however many decades to say, nah, we're all right. We don't need you. It's coming up to the Queen's Jubilee. They're trying to get all the colonies together and just make them reinstate their power. Royalty, like you guys have said, is coming to the end of it now, isn't it? The monarchy and what it stands for is coming to the end of it. The, the what is it they say? The curtain has slipped. We can we can see what's behind. We can see what's behind it. They've, it's just it just makes me laugh the contradiction so much in what they're doing. William and Kate, they need better PR because this is not cutting it. They're going to Jamaica tomorrow. They're due to land in Jamaica tomorrow, but there's protests because people want them to apologise. What is the problem with you not apologising? You can apologise to everybody else. Everybody else you can apologise to. You apologise for, for things that have nothing to do with you. You apologise. But you can't apologise for colonialism and slavery, but you want to go to these countries and everything's cool. And you didn't even apologise for the racism that you enforced on your own brother's wife. Mother <laughs> of your niece and your nephew. You denied it. But you want to go to these black countries and wave your hands and be expected to be treated in a way that 
<laughs> is your royal state. I just don't get it. I'm just bored of it all. I just wish that all the colonies throughout the world, whoever's left in the Commonwealth, I just wish that everyone would just say, enough is enough now. We don't want it. If you can't admit to the stuff that you've done, we no longer need you to have anything to do with us. And just to just clarify, it was the demonstrators where they were due to tour a cacao farm in Belize and demonstrators voiced their opposition to the royal's visit due to dispute over contested property between residents of Indian Creek Village and Flora and Fauna International, the conservation charity that William supports as a patron. I know how we feel about charities. Flora and Fauna, that's funny as well, because isn't that what they referred to um, uh, Aborigines as until, when was it, 70s or something like that? Ah, no, nice. 70s, Flora and Fauna, that's what they referred to. They weren't humans, they were Flora, flora and Fauna. Mm, see? Wow. Yeah. I, have, I have a Aborig quick question for okay. you guys. Go on. Um, the, the Queen's Jubilee, yeah? So that's obviously going to be taking place in June. If would it be out of order? So I'm not really for the monarchy. Is it out of order to take money in celebration of the Queen's Jubilee? What do you mean? What sell stuff? Like if the, the, just to be a part of it, to put on a party and stuff like that, because they're giving no. money to to be a part of it. It's not out of order. As, no, as it against principles to actually no. be. Involved. No, I don't. I think. I think. If you took the money to throw an anti-establishment party, then yeah. But if you're selling, it's going to have a party and have all the British flags everywhere, then I'd be like, It's no. our money. It's our fucking money. Yeah, take it back, of course. Why not? Yeah. And don't, and don't do anything with it. But I, I wouldn't, not a party in that looks like it's a celebration. That means you're part of it. It'd have to be something that's that... I'm saying. That's in celebration of the Queen's Jubilee, even though you're against the monarchy. Isn't that... That's too much effort. I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, do, I wouldn't put on a party. No, I'll take the funds. I'll take If I can take the funds and find a way to just take, take the funds, but not... I'd take the funds and I'd have a party, but it would be an anti-party, because what are they going to do? Who's going to come and actually check? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It has to be an no, anti-party. Right. Why are you asking this? Just asking for a friend. Right. Yeah, you can't... You cannot be anti-establishment, take the money and put on a jubilee celebration party, because no one's going to get the message, and you're just part, you're part of the noise. What you have to do is either find a way to get the money for yourself and it is what it is, or put on an anti-party and make it very clear this is an anti-establishment party and I'm celebrating, like, all the black folks come together and shake up their asses and say fuck the monarchy every half an hour on an alarm bell. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Now let's move on to aunties. No best. This is where we get and resolve the issues of the day. Auntie Shade, take it away. Okay. I have one. Okay. Um, but it's a long one, so I'll try and... It's more of a, what do you think she should do? But she's telling her story, so I'll just read it out. This was something I found online at on Instagram. It was posted by The Closet Ratchet. And it reads, Today I finally had it. I went completely off my husband and i'm a i don't know what that says so she doesn't oh sorry i get it now she's a stay-at-home mom <laughs> those initials <laughs> she doesn't don't i never don't go out anywhere unless it's to run errands for my husband one of my friends reached out wanting to hang out which i actually agreed to i was looking forward to it because it would have given me time with another adult and i told him at 12 that i'm leaving to go to my friends and hang out he decided to go and get his hair cut. 
I said, no, you can go another day. I want to do something with me, for me. And it's a chance to actually have an, another adult, uh, sorry, other adult interaction. He goes and I, he, he says, I see this is important to you. He would get his haircut next weekend. But he still went and he left at nine and he didn't re return to 1.30 p.m. She says that she was fuming and because she, she had to let the go, girl know that she couldn't come because she wasn't sure what time he would come back. So what do you think? Like she's at her breaking point. How do you think that she should handle this situation? Tina. So basically he has a real problem with her having a social life in any capacity. Yeah. That's his That's thing. And she's yeah. followed through with this for a little while. I think it's that those types of situations are they are real breaking points is you probably have to leave to set a tone of I'm prepared to leave unless things change maybe you can reconcile with some counseling and see how it goes but it's one of those it's a time scale it's just I leave him if he wants to pursue me it's on these terms if he's not able to do that it's finished like there you can't sacrifice your whole life to just be cooped up in a house just because some man says so. It doesn't actually make any sense. And then you can't do it for your kids because what are you setting? What tone are you setting for them? What example are you setting? It's actually just a very shitty situation. And this man just needs to be left alone to be alone by himself. Like this sounds hellish. Yeah. Auntie Farah. Yeah, it sounds like... Uh... Classic manipulation. Yep. That's what it sounds like. Like, just head fucking, basically. Not all abuse is physical. Just a lot of it can be mental. I had a boyfriend once and he was definitely a head fuck. Make you feel like you're going mad or that you're asking for too much or, but being very controlling in this kind of way. And this is just, it's classic. He doesn't want to have a social life. He wants her to be isolated from everybody else makes her promises, oh, but this is what, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then just doesn't come back. What's she going to do? She's got to stay, hasn't she? She's got to cancel her plans. But I think the best way forward is for her to try and suggest that they have some counselling. But he doesn't really sound like the type of person that's going to go for it. But she can at least make that suggestion and demonstrate to him that she is literally at the end of her tether. And if he doesn't, you know, want to compromise then what she should do is ask him to politely leave and come back when he's had a chance to think about it. <laughs> and if he doesn't want to do that, then she should go. Because yeah, you can't live your life like this. No way. It's controlling her. Yeah, you're not anyone's child and you need a break. And one, if, you, if he really loves her as a parent, as anybody in a relationship, if you really love the person you're in a relationship with and your parenting and you love your children, you would not want to put that person through trauma and turmoil because you want them to be their best person, to, especially if you've got kids in the house. And you, people say, I love my kids. But do you, if you're treating their parent, their other parent badly, do you care about the kids really? It's about you. It's not about the kids. You don't actually care. I have a friend who went out and her partner said, you look ratchet. That's his way of... And then went on to dismiss where she went saying oh that place is not anything and 
I'm very frustrated when I hear these things because this person is so insecure, but has in their level of insecurity, they still have power over that person because of their level of it. Imagine you're making someone feel so insecure because you're insecure. And if only the person who's being belittled and undermined and reduced can see that the reason why they're doing it is because they feel less than even you. And they actually recognize your power and how strong you would be and better you would be even without their input and how much you could thrive and survive without them in your life. But yet the, in the way to keep you and to keep you down is to implement these things because they know they'll get you. It's disgusting. Classic tool. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Classic tool. It's absolutely disgusting. I'm even, uh, therapy maybe, but uh, if you can get away from that person, because that's so sly. But that whole feeling like I can't go out. That's when you're a child and your mum's like, is it, you think you're going anywhere, take the keys or something like that. That's parenting. That's not your partner should never have that dominion over you where you can't physically go anywhere because they said so. You fucking mad. Auntie Sade. Yeah, it's just really selfish, isn't it? That was really selfish behaviour, not the kind of qualities that you want in a partner at all. Like, if... I think I'd probably do something pretty petty first. Do you know what I mean? Providing he wasn't a psychopath and he actually knew how to look after the children as well. Do you know what I mean? Then maybe I'm just going to go and disappear sometime while you're sleeping or something. Do you know what I mean? And you look after the baby, I'll just do what I'm doing. Because just to demonstrate or showing like no consideration whatsoever of what's going on with you. And if it's like proper serious and just not lighthearted at all, or like just not just like a, a not saying oversight, sometimes some, <laughs> I want to say some men, they don't take what you're saying seriously. They're not trying mm. to be malicious but they just don't take it seriously they're just a bit self-centered so they put their needs in front of your needs and think that you'll just deal with it because maybe you've dealt with some other things before in the past do you know mm. what I mean and if you're with them then you you must be dealing you must be suppressing some stuff do you know what I mean so they're probably thinking oh why is this a big deal do you know what I mean it's only because you're at the end of your tether now that it's become a big deal so yeah so if it's but if it's if it's like not that and super super heavy then yeah you've got to leave man you've got to leave even if it's just on a temporary basis or something you've got to go because you're tired your mental health needs to be respected it has to be respected and it's that it's, it's mental health yeah do you know what i mean it's bad i had a friend when she had her baby she wanted to continue with college she had a baby quite young she wanted to continue with college and they were together, but they were young, so they weren't living together. So, you know, everyone worked in her house. So in order for her to go to college, they scheduled it. So he would have to come and look after the baby while she was in class. He just wouldn't turn up. It was mad, it was actually, yeah. it was like maddening. Like you're actually an enemy of progress in this situation. Yes. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> But this is the thing, it's like, these are the these are the tools that someone who's a classic manipulator, they want to take all the power from you, so they take your ability. Mm -hmm. I had a boyfriend, and he was like, no, yeah, go to college and whatever and this stuff. We were living together when we were really young. Go to college, do whatever. But then it became a thing of, oh, no, you don't need to work. So I wasn't working. And then it's, I've got to ask you for an allowance, and then you want to act funny. So there's mm -hmm. a, fuck you, I'm going to go and get a job. And then it's belittling everything that you do. 
Mm. putting you down if you get put down it chips away at you you don't even notice it at first because it's yeah. little by little to the point where you feel like you are not good enough and that you are nothing because they yes. consistently chipped away at your any kind of self-worth that you have they've chipped away at it and before mm. you know it you don't have anyone around you you can't go out because you feel like you don't want to be around people because you feel, have anxiety about looks your appearance or just functioning your ability to function as a fucking adult yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's auntie ak said these people often have their own issues mm. and they're scared i mean they can yeah. be. so they manipulate you into thinking that you're less yeah yeah, yeah. it's projection isn't it yeah it's projection that's their power yeah. it makes them feel better about themselves because they know they've got no power elsewhere and i definitely when i was in the case of my friend i've had boyfriends that have done that but in, definitely in the case of my friend it's what are you doing like when you look at what partner's doing what are you even doing with yourself mm-hmm. she's on a rise what are you doing so if i could backhand unfortunately what has to happen is the person in that situation has to get to the yeah. point yeah. where yeah. they recognize it and they grow and they don't take it anymore yeah because you can be there for them and you can say it again and again but that you've got to remember they've got this other person chipping yeah. away at them probably yeah. putting you down to yeah. them too so they have to get to a point where it's just, and it's hard and it takes a while, but you do get to a point where you're like, nah, I don't need you and your bullshit, mate. You got, you're the one with the issue. I'm good. It's mm. you that's got the issue. I'm good. That's pretty unanimous. Moving on to Father Culture. Father Culture. <laughs> Quick question while you lot are singing. I think, Auntie Nana, did you talk about us being on Pod Bible today? Yeah, she did. You yeah. mentioned it, and you yeah. lot have listened to the episode. Did you hear yourself singing? <laughs> I thought it sounded all right. Did you, did, do you understand why me and Auntie Charlotte have issues with the singing? For the culture. <laughs> so, for the culture, we get into what you're watching, what you're wearing, what's got us chatting in the popular culture streets. We got a couple of topics. Mary J. Blige has got candid about not having kids. She enjoys the freedom to do what she wants. Rihanna may have hinted at her baby's sex while shopping at Target. Uh, I think she was in the pink section. And we have the dancehall artist Spice, who's released a beautiful song called Pum Pum. Um, Love Triangle Pum Pum. And it's just a very great commentary on the power of the Pum Pum. For those of you who don't understand the slanguistics, Pum Pum means vagina. And that's that. Uh, we've also got the, a slew of new shows on Netflix. We've got Young, Famous and African, uh, a reality show. You've got Bad Vegan, another, I guess another bad scam story out there. And we have Love is Blind, season two. Less couples said yes this time around. So what does that mean about love being blind? And Top Boy 2, the biggest show out of the UK at the moment that's globally dominating this conversation. The ending was mod. I don't know if we're going to do spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. Not everybody's watched it. However... Top Boy 2 is out as well. So what do you want to go into first? Can we start, with a, can we just go through the list? I think Mary J. Blige. So I was really uncomfortable watching this interview with her. Okay. Because I didn't feel like the guy, I just don't think you should ask people like how they feel about not having kids. I felt it was very insensitive and I was uncomfortable with her answer. I don't know, but there, there was something. I got a feeling. It, it just didn't sit well with me. I don't know if it's wholly um, true or 
what she's come to a conclusion on. It just didn't feel real. And I just felt it was very insensitive to actually ask a woman, are you okay with not having children? I think that's really, yeah, no, I don't, I, I think it's crass. I was really like, ugh. And I didn't like that it was being shared around as well. I just didn't like this story. But I don't know. Am I alone in this feeling? Was it is it out of order or am I being hypersensitive? No, I don't think it's out of order. I think oh sorry. No, go for it. Because what I what I was gonna say is how many men that don't have children get asked these questions? There's an expectation, we've spoken about it so many times here that you have to have a child. Like, what she doesn't want to she it's documented that she went through some stuff growing up. Maybe she's just decided that she doesn't want to have a child, and that's okay. That's okay for her. And I just, I, I haven't watched it, but I just feel like it is. Why have you always got to adjust it? She's a successful, a, a hugely successful woman. Why is she then being? Why is it then being boiled down to? Are you okay that you've not had a kid? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Can you not see I'm good? I'm fine. And if I wasn't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that. And also, we don't know physically even what might be the issue there because a lot of people have come out and said um chrissy teigen for example before her and john legend had babies she would get asked questions all the time and she's having like miscarriages and stuff like that and people just it's very intrusive you don't know what people have gone through you shouldn't be able to ask people that i think auntie anybody else <laughs> auntie Shade, the only other person here yeah. uh, i wasn't I think it's interesting, actually, because I think, like, people, as a person without children that have actually given birth to, people feel like they have a right to know where you stand with these kind of issues. Like, they have some sort of agency over your body or they have to understand your decision-making. Usually, I would say, it doesn't necessarily come from a bad place. It's not a negative place. They're just, like, curious or they think really highly of you and stuff. And they're just like, oh, so what's what's going on? Is there anything going on? That sort of thing. I think what's more, and I don't like to talk on this a lot either as well kind of thing because I just think it just looks like, just like tons of pressure. Do you know what I mean? And I've, I've had pressure about having kids, like, my literally my whole life. So yeah, it's a lot. And you know what? There might not be anything wrong. There's probably nothing wrong. Probably just doesn't want to have them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I, I just think that is always, we're conditioned as a society to think like, oh, there must be, or there's something. Do you know what I mean? To give reason to it, to make it make sense. Because the fact that women choose not to have children, it's such an alien concept in our society. Is, do you know what I mean? Why it's almost like why would you? And I, I just think it's a really borderline sexist. Like mm-hmm. the under the undertones of it is a very sexist opinion. Mm-hmm. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like, and that's that, that's it. Yeah. So I find it very tiresome. But I think her reasoning, what she said, something I completely resonate with. Do you know what I mean? And also as well, I was having this conversation with a friend who's she's probably going to have some kids soon like she's in a loving relationship and that's what she wants and it's like such a beautiful thing and I was saying that I saw that clip and I was just like oh yeah like that does speak to me and I have so many women around me in my age group and like 
my circle or let's say my other circle friends they don't have kids like so many of them don't do you know what I mean and it's it's I don't know so it's not so alien to me and I have like cousins that are older than me that don't have kids like do you know what I mean there's so many members of my family that don't so it's just not as uncommon as people think i think it's because it's mary i think people assume that she had kids as well do you know what i mean as well so hearing her speak on it it's like a little bit refreshing to be honest do you know what i mean and actually not being um apologetic or even shying away from the conversation was actually quite inspiring i think do you know what i mean yeah yeah i, I think there's sorry i'll just say i think the jury's out whether i think he has the right to ask her. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. But I would imagine, because it's Mary, that her questions would be screened beforehand so she would know what's being asked. But that's my assumption. Yeah, I think I'm... I, I think it's all about tone and delivery. And I had a thought about whether he had the questions prior, where she had the questions prior, and she knew what she was going to be asked. I don't know. I didn't watch it either. So I don't know if it was a shock element reaction, um, Nana, or if it's defensive, where you said he felt discomfort and maybe her response wasn't necessarily truthful. Because I, sometimes you do, if, if you do feel defensive and backed against someone, you might, I don't want kids, but do you, has that always been the truth? But Mary's been pretty candid about having, not having kids and stuff like that. And she has been through a lot. So some what's also commendable and what we we could explore is if someone feels like what well, who I am is not a mother and even the stuff that I've been through and I'm not saying Mary's saying that but some people don't recognize how broken they are and go on to have children and raise children that are broken or impart impact impart their their issues on their child and you could have potentially worked on yourself and given yourself a more richer experience than be becoming a mother because you felt the society said you have to or whatever the situation so I think there's lots of conversations and I definitely understand what you're saying Shadi like having someone that's unapologetic about not being a mother is we need more representative representatives from that perspective because there isn't a lot there is the expectation as your woman you're supposed to have a child and that's it and every woman's supposed to be maternal by default it doesn't work like that and not every situation has to go like that so I, I, yeah, the freedom. Because when you have a child, it's not you're not free ever. You don't when, when you're when you're fifty, obviously there's obviously right now I can do what I want. My child, but there's mental freedom. I'm not free. My child, wherever she goes, wherever she is, I'm always tethered to that child and whatever she's doing. I'm not mentally free from for me as a mother. So it, it, there's an element of freedom when you don't have that. You just care for yourself. Element of freedom. I, will challenge, I, I just want to challenge like two things, like. Do you know what I mean about point about because I think that is there's this there is assumption that if someone talks about not having children and they say they don't want them that they're lying that is also like a very common assumption that they're not telling the truth or whatever yeah. and it's also as well I think you can be maternal without having kids yeah definitely yeah, definitely I think yeah I think the reason why I said that is because oh. there are many reasons why people don't want to have children mm. and you're you're right. I just, it's that, it goes back to that thing of, do you have a right to ask somebody? Because there could be many reasons. One of the reasons could be you just don't want to have children because you just want to be you and you'd rather be an auntie or you just don't like children. Whatever it is, it's your choice. And it could be a medical one, but whatever it is down to you and somebody else doesn't have a right to ask you because I doubt very much if you had a 50 year old man sat there, successful in their career, Oscar nominated, Grammy award winning, all these mad things that are successful, amazing things. The first thing that they would say is, how do you feel that you've not had any children? 
I think the connotations are different. There's that's not what I'm trying, trying to get to. Yeah. Connotations like, shame attached to it. There's not Absolutely. this kind of pressure. Yeah. Like, when George Clooney, before mm. George Clooney got married and had kids, it wasn't the connotations weren't the same. It was just mm. like he's a bachelor. He's always going to be a bachelor. He's yeah. That's yeah. what it was. The con the connotations are most definitely different. And that's my part about. What, where are you going with this question? Why are you asking this question? It's refreshing that if she wanted to talk about it, then great, fantastic. That's down to her. But equally, she could have said, I don't think that's any of your business. Yeah, All right. Next, to. next story. Rihanna may have a, maybe having a baby girl because she's shopping in a pink section. Or if you're trying to throw everybody off and talk about, I'm going to have a genderless child. I'm, oh, my baby boy is going to be wearing pink. What do you think she's doing? Do you think she's just playing us? And whatever. Do you care? I, I think, think she's having I a girl. Go on. She's definitely having a girl because she's spreading. Her nose has got bigger. She looks like she's having a girl. I think she's having yeah. a girl. I think the shop for Target has nothing to do with her own child. She's probably was in Target. Perhaps are there and you're like, let's give them something. And she went to the girl section. But yeah, if yeah, she yeah. has a boy, I will be so shocked. I'm, I would bet £10 that she is having a girl. As much as I love Rihanna and I love that she seems to be in a super happy place and stuff, like I really don't care what the sex of her child is. I just, it just as long as she's happy and like nothing traumatic happens, then I'm happy for her. Cool. Auntie Fall. Yeah. Happy, healthy baby. That's all we want. I was more annoyed at the fact that people were like, she's a billionaire. Why is she shopping in Target? Oh my God. She, she can shop wherever the hell she wants to shop. <laughs> If she wanted, for all we know, she could have bought all of Target. We don't know what she was doing in there. Maybe she's going to start a Target franchise. Who knows what she was doing in there? But she's allowed to shop where she's going to shop. Babies shit so much. So, like, my daughter, I used to, when I went, would leave home, I would have to leave with about four or five changes of clothes. Yeah. Because she would literally projectile poop everywhere and it'd go all up her back. I yeah. threw away so many baby grows. Why yeah. is she going to go and spend Balenciaga money on baby grows? Why she going to go Target and get 10 for £2? I know where I'm going. Billionaire states. So let's, remember, let's remember, yeah, Rihanna was not born rich. Okay? Yeah. She knows how to keep her change. But most wealthy people don't shop yes. like that anyway. Exactly. Like they, they shop in standard places. And everybody shops in Target. It's yeah. just a standard thing. It's yeah. Yeah. I, I was surprised she was shopping, and but it's Rihanna, and she's been out with her belly everywhere. So it yes. kind of makes sense that she was in Target. Next, we're gonna have pictures of her in McDonald's or something. It's like she's <laughs> everywhere. She's out there having fun. Okay, and Spice's song "Triangle Pum Pum." How do you feel about the Triangle Pum Pum? Wow, you really just remixed the whole. <laughs> I love the triangle pum pum. Sorry, I forgot the word. What's the triangle pum? Yeah. The word love, love triangle. Auntie Charlotte, was it you that brought this to our attention? Yeah. Oh my god! You want to sing it? Do you want to sing it? I mean, the thing is that I think she's just extended it because the first, basically, the the lyrics tell the the saga of the, of try china and the kardashians and kylie and stuff so yeah i think it was uh, told through the narrative of pum pum basically yes. so, the power of pum pum freaking so it's highly entertaining and just very 
dance hall. I just love it and I love Spice. I think she's brilliant. And yeah, that's what it was yeah. It's just it's a great song. genius. It is literally genius. Like, if you have never read a gossip mag, you've never watched a reality show, you don't know who any of these people are, all you got to do is listen to this song because it is so on point. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to get the lyrics. Let me get the lyrics. Oh, John, get the lyrics. Read it out. But I can't find the. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a brilliant song. I just love it. It breaks it down. Power of the pump. It's just a power. But also, it's like the Kardashians are like the telenovela that keeps on giving. Like, you, yeah. you couldn't write what takes place in that family. Right. And have children produced that are actually like living within it as well. It's, it's bonkers. Nonsense. So it says, Black China was Tiger's pump. Kylie Jenner used the heart pump pump. <laughs> take away China. Take away Tiger from China pump pump. So China take, just give Kylie brother pump pump. And I, <laughs> sorry, so funny. I remember. I, I need more emphasis on the pump pump from you, please. <laughs> the pump pump. China was Tiger pump pump. Tiger was a pump pump to take. I can't even do it. I can't do Jamaican accent like that. No, 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 I can't. I'm not going to try. But um, I remember having many, like a few years ago, walking with my friend. We just went on this walk even before the pandemic and we were chatting and we were just talking about this, like this whole triangle and just Mm. saying that actually that China's got the last laugh because she she has the one true Kardashian. So (laughs) all the rest of them technically are not Kardashians. So he's got like the one true king, like uh, Game of Thrones, basically. Yeah, it's uh... it's, it's true. Her child is a Kardashian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All powerful. Well, that's that on that. So if you guys watch any of the reality shows that are out, Young, Famous and African, Bad Vegan, Love is Blind, and then obviously a lot of reality show Top Boy. Anything to say on that before we move on? I started watching um, Bad Vegan. Yes, I've watched it. Oh, I've watched it. Jesus. Okay. Um, I what I say about bad, bad Vegan is the woman that is you let you judged you picked a man based on his your dog's affection to him. Come on, <laughs> but people and their dogs, it's real. They treat it's their baby. Nonsense. It's yeah. It's, so obviously, it's it's a story about which kind of has underlying tones of con artistry. Do you know what I mean? And I think that so this woman, I'll just say briefly, this woman, she had a very popular raw vegan restaurant, and she meets someone, and her life goes upside down once she meets them. And mm-hmm. it just tells the story from her perspective and from the staff team's perspective in. Do- documentary format and it's just like super freaking interesting again based on a, a it's a true story in recent times as well and it's just I don't know when I see like this recent times I'm just like I know where I was that time across the world like it's just very fascinating and it just oh, I don't want to spoil it yeah but I, I it's not been out long enough as well I haven't seen yeah. much talk on it yet it may be one of those slow burners. and Yeah, it's yeah. only something though, so I think it's getting yeah. out there. Yeah, but it's, it's just very bizarre and interesting, even more bizarre than Inventing Anna. I yeah. Think. Because I think Inventing Anna is pretty, pretty more straightforward of yeah. these types of shows. 
so far, but like the Tinder, it gives me Tinder swindler yeah. vibes. Yeah, definitely. You know I mean? Like, yeah, with the whole enemy after me, like, kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, Has everyone seen Young Famous and African? I watched I'm half of watching it. Yeah, I think I've watched maybe two and a bit episodes. I watched half of episode. I finished it today. It was on all day. Yeah. I, I didn't like it up until maybe episode three. It wasn't grabbing me. But I what I can't wait for the next one. Like I'm so hooked. I love all of them now. I'm such a fan of all of the Africans. I was just really surprised. Yeah, I just I was surprised at the story of it because it's such reality TV. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not real. But yeah, I like them. There's Is elements it- of reality-ish personalities in there. But I, I, a guy looks like he's yeah. my ex-boyfriend's family. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Really. Like, I keep looking at him like, you look like one of them lot. <laughs> and, like, they're from that... Got money. money, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. they could be. They could be. Wow. That's, that's an interesting... Um, I really enjoyed it. Really, I think it's really. great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think it's just... Although there is a trend to just show this side of Africa, like Africa, uh, affluent Africans, but um, mm. there is is definitely feeding into that trend, which is a bit stereotypical. But I'm just like I haven't finished it, by the way, as well. But I'm just so like like that they're willing to do this. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And air out their business like this. It's just I freaking I freaking love it. It's like car crashy at the same time, yeah. but I like that they're going full hog. I love what's the girl's net what's the woman's name? The one who's got the fifteen year old that's got her own apartment. Oh what is her name? I can't remember what her oh. name is. Yeah. Something I can't remember. Tile oh, okay. I can't remember what her name is. I know she's my favourite. She is she's so naughty. Well, I've only watched a couple and at the moment she's not my favourite. I'm like, oh this is interesting. Where's yeah. she going with this behaviour? I'm at that point with her. Okay. Yeah, she starts off that way. I feel her character develops and graduates mm-hmm. into her kind of matriarch position. Like by the end, I was like, "You are my favorite." Um, um, yeah, yeah. her and the um, Two Faces wife. I love her. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we've got a little name. I think her Nigerian yeah. name's Annie. Yeah, I Annie. Remember what... Annie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Annie, yeah. 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 I tell you what, though, you're right about stereotype, but however, mm. I much prefer this type of stereotype to the stereotype that they were spitting like 20, 30 years ago. Mm. You know, like no one has money over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it needs to, I, I think we need to get to a place where there's a balance. Yeah, we need to, you know, we just exactly, precisely. Right that's exactly what I meant by, yeah, we need to get to a place where there's a balance. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, very interesting. It's so I watched the first episode with my daughter, and she's like, "Mommy, can we watch it?" I'm like, mm, "I don't know if you should have watched it with me." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I need to watch. I, I think there's there's not much. Oh, I can't think actually if there's anything inappropriate. I just, I just, I just really nothing stood out for me. Is not. It just reminds me of like how Afrobeats is. They might be talking about some slackness, but they do it in such a sweet. Yes. That you just yeah. don't even. That, that happened, and that's where I was like, mm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> so she's getting to that age where she understands things. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 No, it's a good one. I, I, I really recommend it. It's a good watch. Yeah. Go on, Auntie AK. Go on. 
No, no, no. Say, say what you want to say. No, no. I'm gonna. I'll try and watch it and see if I can remove all judgment from it on myself and watch it without judging it. But I did say because to be fair, someone uh, messaged in the morning in the group that I'm in saying that they did the whole very like so I was I'm all for Africans removing the, the the stereotype visuals of the poverty but this is not it and I was like mm-hmm. first of all your comment is ill thought out because this show shouldn't be judged against that it should be judged against other reality shows and, and that's mm-hmm. it because there are definitely rich black Africans living like rich black Africans living like that and it's normal so yes. you can't say that and also there's a plethora of content film tv shows and the like from Africa that has tells all sorts of walk for life of walks yeah. of life as well. Um, we can talk about what gets plucked out, but that's everything to do with our culture or anyone's culture that gets plucked out and remixed and show showcased because for the viewers, for the views as it were. So we know that sensationalism and dramatics work. So they are going to go for the most bolshy storyline. Um, or the flip side would be a bunch of flyer ridden Africans or in a reality <laughs> show. We we got it would never be we, we haven't yet to find the middle ground. But then we have Big Brother, we have other we have Big Brother Africa, the different African yeah. versions. Yeah. We have all sorts. We have films, we have TV shows. Like I said, my show was Jiva, I think it was called. The I think it was South African as well, about the young the woman. Dance one. The dance one. Loved yeah. that series to death. And they were just regular people. So there's and you know, Nollywood and Gollywood and all those. There's love out there. This can exist as it can exist. The only thing that I again I'm just because I don't like reality shows necessarily. And I don't like when I can see the script, but what pleasantly surprised me, not surprised me, reminded me that obviously all reality shows aren't just about the hype of the title. You do get storylines and you do, you can't avoid the actual lives of these people that we get yeah. insight into. So there's that narrative that does carry through. And then when you do watch a reality show, those are things I picked up on. So some of the narratives about being a mother and parenting and having the baby father troubles and those kind of conversations, definitely I was like, okay, cool, I could potentially watch this. And maybe my thing against... So uh, the only thing I, again, my, my judgment, I don't like the influence of the American reality show. I hate that. Sometimes I wish we were untouched in our depictions, whether it's a Caribbean show or an African show that hasn't been touched by the heightened exaggerations and dramatizations of American culture. So I just want to know who we are without that. So when it's like, girl, and that kind of dramatic behavior, I don't like it. I'm a little bit judgy of it. And that's, that's, that's on me. So sometimes that irritates me, but that's why I don't like watching Real Housewives of Atlanta and all that type of stuff. Okay. Or overly melodramatic about something that you just, you can just talk to each other. You can argue, but you don't have to do the whole dramatics. I don't like that. And I think it's created a kind of culture. Because they're African, they're, they're not doing that. They're being... I, think, I think it's similar to Real Housewives in, or even Love and Hip Hop. Like, Similar convention-wise, but I don't think there's just not the level of violence that you see on there. I yeah, think I don't watch. I don't know. Way that. more tongue-in-cheek, even when they're arguing. Like I was just laughing because it's it's so sanitized arguing. It's not what we've been faced with, what we've seen with the Real Housewives and Love and Hip Hop franchise. They're not there yet, but by season. What five, was the reason? <laughs> Yeah, I, don't, I, that's, I think some of, sometimes that I don't like because I, I like what, because I, sometimes I think we are who we are and I love to, for us to bring out our isms rather than adopting other people's isms because then it just gets in. It, I don't know if that's fair to say, like, I just don't. No, it's not, it might not be, but I just, I, that's what I, because I, even if my child, even if my child in London was started doing all that dramatics, I find it irritating. I feel like people what do you call it, is it's like our culture, as in British culture, or black British culture, it is being adopted in like the States 
at the moment. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, of course. That's what, of course. Of what we're saying kind of thing. We are like, we're influenced by so many different things. I just, yep. I just think it's just a natural form of expression and express yourself the way you want to. I just think I can't really speak to the Eastern or Southern African like characters and stuff, but like definitely the Nigerian characters, that dra- drama is... It's, just, it's always been there. Yeah. It's just naturally there. To be honest, they even toned down. I'm surprised she didn't faint. <laughs> you know? yes. yes, I'm saying it was very oh, surprising. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Really? Because, because like, I don't watch, because I don't watch, because of those things that I don't like about reality shows and scripted reality. So there's a lot of stuff that I have very stereotypical views upon. So like I said, when I watched it, I was like, oh, actually, the, the, all those elements aren't necessarily all there all the time and getting in the way of what I want to see people living their lives. So that was quite nice and a reminder that not all the shows are like that. So I'm on that exploration myself. And I think it makes a difference that they're people that I can see and relate to rather than another type. I don't know. Yeah, it's all part of it. It's all part of it. Anything else we move on? Love is- no, we don't want to talk about Top Boy. Was- okay, cool. And uh, Love yeah, is Blind. Yeah, top, top Boy, we can wait a second. Love is Blind. I finished that quite a while ago now. So yeah, the only thing that stood out was Dipti and Shake, the mm-hmm. Asian couple, and his level of self hate towards her was like several times. Oh my god. Pull back, stop talking, and he wasn't hearing it at all. He was, and he is just another example of just because you have a different opinion doesn't mean that you're right. You're not enlightened. Do you know what I mean? You're still an asshole. Like what you're saying is wrong, and you're making someone feel very uncomfortable. Everyone's trying to tell you, she's trying to tell you, and it's just out of order. I just thought he was just such a chauvinistic guy. Like throughout the whole thing, he didn't. If he didn't like her physically, okay, cool. You can say that once. You have to say every fucking five minutes. You really don't. Seriously. And and explain. By the end of the day, you still said it. Do you know what I mean? You still fucking said it. It's just out of order. She's good. Uh, I mean, she's she's really good. Because that's that's hurtful. It's actually really hurtful. Like, to have your own internal struggle of which they both discussed about dating um, outside their race and then to find someone that looks like you to think that you have something to only for them to say they're not even attracted to you and continuously say it and then be rude and disrespectful about it. What does that do to the psyche? No, it's very interesting that it was a, it was brown people talking in that way because we knew that narrative is usually let, let on on black folks exploring mm-hmm. that like the fact that he kept saying that I see her as an auntie I see her as an yeah. auntie because she and I've never dated brown people it's just I, I would be so ashamed of my, of my I, I've not watched it yet oh because... sorry <laughs> no it's to- no 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 this is not something I would have said just like I said about top spoilers like yeah. I, I actually don't mind that you're saying because I don't know if I do want to watch it like I was like mm, another one. I was like you know, that. Sometimes when you've got these reality shows and it's so amazing the first time round, so much happens, and you feel like the next time round, people that go on it are going on it because they've seen them as a person can get go on. I I think I'm a little bit skeptical, but that comment that he hasn't dated a brown person, I have very I have very very major concerns about people who have not dated people that look like them. Yeah, yeah. I'm Pardon. not prepared to date anybody. I'm not going to be your guinea pig. I'm not yeah. prepared to date anybody that hasn't dated a black person. I'm just not. 
Because yeah. the thing is, they they essentially they're both in the same situation, but she wasn't open to exploring. Feel bad because of mm. do you know what I mean? He was it, he was insulting her to praise his preference. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And he didn't have to do that. And yes. it, it's just yeah, it's just fucking. And he's and he's, and he's now. Yeah, he's like, out. He's now out. Black in the world. Get, like, I don't date yeah. black women because yeah. you're angry, yeah. or I yeah. don't date black women because you don't. That and he kept saying. He kept saying she's brilliant, everything I've ever looked for, best friend, this, that, and the other, but I'm just not attracted to her. And he kept equating that to her more or less being brown and yeah. a new woman out there. And he's a dumbass because a woman that you're with is on the gravy boat, whatever. You just met her and that's your woman. She's blonde, she's a white woman. And he's. Yeah, was it wife swap again? Did they do that in the no. show? No. Or was it just like at the reunion? Oh, no. You know, you know, what was the guy? Shane. Is it Shane? He was weird from the jump. One on drugs. How Shane did Natalie go onto the show. Like he was not well. Like I, I like wild guy with the teeth and the kind of manic behavior. Natalie anyway. basically like he was like, oh, do you think I'm pretty? And she was just like, mm, maybe. Like, but she was joking. Really snarky type. Like, yeah. but she's playing. He got upset. He <laughs> lost his mind. <laughs> he lost his I don't mind. know how she watched. You're not saying nice things to me. It was beyond. He was a weirdo. I thought he, it is, your face, your resting face is manic. Yeah. That's that all the time. Eyes wide, teeth yeah. open. Like, his whole persona was manic. So, I was reading that he was on stuff. Like, it literally was saying like, that was on Adderall, that he was taking, he may have been taking coke. There was, yeah. Yeah. And he was drinking a lot while they were there. And that was what they were trying to sort out between okay. when they got back together again and she was like, we're trying to work through things. It yeah. was that like he drinks a lot and he, and he was it. childish, the epitome of childish. So childish. And you Anybody... saw how he was slurring every time he was talking. It was like, slur, like he was slurring. Like, on words, and, 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 I'm sorry. And then I just, I just can't fucking do it with it. It's like, you're right. Are you all right, bro? You're on, you're, on a, you're on a TV show? Like, this is why you're... <laughs> you're and, but as Auntie Farah said, it's that thing of the second. I was reluctant to watch it second time around. Do I need to? Then I thought, let me binge it. And I did get into it. I did fast forward through some of the bits I didn't need to see and just got to yeah, the end. But um, <laughs> it was interesting to see. I think less couples said yes. Yeah. Um, so mm. I wondered what that was about. Was the guys were psychopaths? Yeah. I didn't know what was going. There was definitely something going on with uh, Salvador and what's her name? She looked like did she not? Did you not think she looked like J Lo? She had like uh, a I see what you're saying. Might yeah, be a yeah, I get, I get, yeah. But I, I think she, I, I, my thing from what they wasn't saying is that, <laughs> that that she was taking the piss. That's what I think because she was really coming across as this. Oh, I'm so gentle and empathetic and so nice and stuff and everything like that. But you was willing to talk to next man after yeah. he's engaged. So what are you talking about? Do you know what I mean? Like I just think I think she's messy. I think she's more messy than they let on, and he just made it like tried to save face with her. And I think the girl that married Jerbear, what what's his name? Oh, Jar Jarrett and black um, couple basically. Yeah, I just think like this guy is going to cheat on you. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> oh no! I don't know what's going to happen. But I think he is. If he does, no, okay, let me say, you might have to cut this part. But <laughs> if if he cheats on her, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, okay. Because he basically, she was his backup. Do you know what I mean? And if 
J-Lo girl said yes to him at that bonfire thing that they had or was showed that she was more on it, he would have he would have jumped shit hundred percent. So yeah, I think um yeah, I think I think if they they might might it, it would love to happen so bad that you can't see it. But I don't think, I don't think he's definitely gonna cheat on it. Definitely. No, he definitely could do. I wouldn't even say he. I wouldn't put that past him, but I don't know if that would be a. a I don't think that would be a breaking point for her. No, so this is they last this two is years. I think they'll be together. Yeah, like she'll she'll just ride with him. I could see her doing that. Would you do that though? Would you do so? Basically, Farah, just to explain what happened. Yeah, Jared. He basically expressed his feelings for the J Lo girl. And she basically said no. And so because he, she said no, then he asked the other girl. And she knew that the other girl had said no to him. No, because that's going to linger over your whole relationship, isn't it? Like you're set, he's only with you because he didn't, you're not his first choice. I, I think the way it was set up, I don't, I get, because he could have easily backed out at any time as well. After the fact, he could have been like, nah, I don't want to do this. I definitely would have felt insecure in the beginning. And I definitely that that there's a scene where, she, oh, what's her bloody name? J-Lo girl kind of tells him that, how she feels and all that type of stuff. And he's like, damn. But he sticks with um, Iyana, Iyana, Iyana. So there's always... How far like, down the line were they when she... Is, when I don't what, what, had they seen each other by that point? Is it that? Yeah, they've seen each other. And so when they go on the holiday, after they go on the holiday together and they, all the couples meet for the first time. No, they haven't seen each other when he asked her. Okay. Because, okay, okay. All right. Okay. That's a bit different then, I think. Mm. It's, yeah. Because remember the first series mm. where, mm. Uh, I want to say Brad, his, his name starts with a B. Oh, and Brad he, and Jessica. Brad and Jessica. Yeah. Was it Brad? Jessica, the one that let them. No, it's, um... Jessica was the blonde girl, so he yeah. didn't end up with her. But Jessica it's not Brad, it's, but it begins with a B. It begins with a B. So yeah. the whole time they were talking, it seemed like he was gonna um, ask Jessica to go with him. Yeah. But he ended up going with the girl that he's still married to now, actually. Yeah. And at the time, oh it was like, yes, the guy that looked yes. like um, a jock. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But at the time, it was kind yeah. of like. I remember that. How yeah. does she feel? Because he's been talking to this other one mm. and expressing mm. like he feels like she's the one type wise, and then now he's yeah. gone to you. So I suppose no, but but if you ask, so basically they were there 50-50, so he could could have gone either way, but he asked her and she said that. no, and then he yeah. asked the other one. So yeah, it's, no, I think I think for me, speaking honestly, just for Farah, I don't think I'd say yes to that because I don't want to be someone's second choice. I don't want to go into a relationship feeling like you didn't really want me. You would have been somewhere else. I want someone to want me. Isn't that the whole point of it? Like you really want someone to be into you. I think it depends. I, I agree with that, but I just think it depends on the because I think in in life you never know who you what choice you were what where you come in the rankings until they show it. The only thing that might make me think is that he chose me because he could have easily said no. And not propose, and he could have easily in in the aftermath when they were in that re that space of reunion, been like, I've seen her now, and actually, I know that I can't marry Iana because even if I can't have that woman, I really do. She is the one. I think he, but there was a moment when he had that bit of realization. Like, nah, 
she's not the girl. I swear there was a moment when he said, that's not actually the girl. I swear there was something. He said, something I got. I need to maybe, I'm not going to rewatch it. But I swear no. there was something he said that, was so. like, that he was like, because I was watching him closely because I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? they, they definitely did have a conversation, maybe second time that they were all linked together. Mm. And she was like, like after him and um, J-Lo were speaking mm. and then they got home and it was like in the morning and she was like, how are you feeling? Are, yeah. you, are you certain it's me? Yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. like, I, it's you. I've seen yeah. her, we've met, we've spoken. You know what it is. It's you. But also what they did, and I watched her in a live talking about it. She also had another guy. We didn't see that play out at all. And she was like, she had to. And that's different. She was more like, Jared was more above the guy. But she was prepared that if he didn't propose, she would have carried on with the other dude. So I guess that's the, they didn't show us her story. So it seemed like she was just waiting on him. We never saw her talking to anybody else, but mm. it's television, isn't it? Yeah, you never yeah. know what's going on. It's like it's what they present to you. I think it's all in the knowing because you know certain stuff, but there's a lot of stuff we don't know when you go into a relationship. Like I said, someone could chirp you, and you don't know who, how many people down the list. Yeah, but well, if, if I do know that they were yeah. speaking, to that's it. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying. From me, it's the that's the, that's my point. You're absolutely right. You don't know, but I don't. But equally, there's certain things I don't want. To I want to know that I'm second best. I think yeah. if you have an honest conversation and it is something that I think the conversation they had and you have to explore it. He knows. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, they're still married. Let's see. We'll see. Not, yeah, yeah, we'll I see. Say, I, say two, I don't think I don't ask any man not to back out because they'd rather be with someone than be alone. And that's what I was thinking the whole time. You were like, but he still carried on, but he still carried on. And I was like, but that's that's not surprising to me that he still carried on. At all. Not at all. Yeah. The, the, the spectre of the other woman, you don't ever want that in your relationship. You don't want to always have the ghost of the other person. So it'd have to be in the moment. If she if she can see into him, but he does need to curb his his, his <laughs> she's an she stays at home. She's very introvert. He's extrovert. But sometimes yin and yang work. So we'll see. He we'll see. His friends were irritating me the first time around. Then they were all oh, they were terrible. They were such terrible friends. Like you should that's a typical friend you don't want. Like, immature. Really immature. Then everything who he was and yeah, one. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they're all barling. What does your mum say about your friends and your character? I just like how you do it. Tell me your friends how you show and no, no, do it how your mum says it. I, 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 I can't undermine that's the whole bit that I know because I like how your mum says I'm it. Of, I'm caught off guard, but yes, she said, Show me your friends, I'll show you your character. It was just, no, I don't like it like that. I want to hear you. You're making me perform like a monkey. Stop it. Dance, monkey dance. <laughs> but anyway, all right, let's move on. Sad, mad, and glad, guys. What's made you sad, mad, and glad? I go first. Sad, obviously, definitely child Q. Mad, I wish I was going to Ghana. Family, you've gone to Ghana, and I'm jealous. Um, also mad that I heard my neighbor's alarm this morning and I had to bang down the, the floor. What the hell? Why am I hearing it like I'm, it's in my room? Why am I waking up at six with you? I don't want to. So do not do that again. How? <laughs> I don't even understand. I don't, know, I don't even know whose room's underneath mine. They've got it on the windowsill with the window open so it can come up into my room. I was oh. so human. And also, yeah, just a, the abundance of scammers out there. That's it. <laughs> Auntie Farah, what's made you sad, mad and glad? 
sad at child Q and also having to explain to my eight-year-old daughter about the situation and we were listening to the news and they were just talking about what had happened she asked me I didn't even mention color and she said to me she black that's from my eight-year-old why is that the first thing that comes into her head that just shows you the type of environment we're living in and it's a very sad state of affairs Mad at Metropolitan Thames Val Valley Housing for their continued lack of completion, care and communication. Today is the day that was the deadline for them to either let me know what they're going to do about my stage two complaint or to give me a date where it would be reviewed. And they've done nada, nothing. The key lock with my spare key is still on the door for the last three months. They have done nout nada nothing the damp the mold is back to how it was before i moved out in certain areas they have done nout nada nothing again that is metropolitan thames valley housing you have failed um so i'm mad about that on another side note i'm mad because my mum keeps posting amazing pictures of herself in grenada and i'm like all right lady calm down and she's, I'm not showing off. I'm just going out. I'm just living my life. It's basically what she told me the other day. I was like, all right, lady, calm down. And I am glad at starting my new job. Yay. Auntie Nana, what's made you sad, mad and glad? Okay. Sad at Child Q. Also really sad at hearing about the plane crash in China as well on a Boeing 737 after know. watching the documentary on those planes and it's like another faulty plane again so yeah that was really sad but got really mad reading kemi talking about kemi whatever her name is badadotch or whatever talking about child q that was infuriating but i find that mp so annoying anyway and super glad this week this weekend got to spend some time with ak and her lovely daughter, Manice, and we met up with Cindy and just had a little tour of Peckham, which was quite cool. And then we also bumped into Michelle, who's the general manager for Brixton Market, and she listens to our show on a weekly basis and literally was like, I could hear your voices and I know your voices. And that was just really No cool. way! Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That was lovely, like bumping into somebody else that listens to the show. That was really cool. Auntie Shade. So for me, just like same for you guys, but my sad and mad is the whole situation with uh, Child Q. And I'm glad I got to catch up with my friend Jem over the weekend. We had brunch at uh, Chat Kitchen, which is a black owned uh, restaurant in Ballum. And we had Seafood Boil, and it was absolutely amazing. Chat Kitchen is very good. Ooh. I can say that as well. It's very good. I'll add my mad just to shout out my cousin Sabina, who I'm putting you on blast beat, that she went to Chat Kitchen and didn't get me nothing. And when I got to her house, she had little like residue <laughs> I was like how did how does it how did we get here so anyway that was an extra man <laughs> yeah my guy that my loves my darlings my beloveds is that I um, just wanted to read the comment on oh our sh oh yeah I lost it for a minute on um our YouTube way of watching us T Smith commented I just love everything about Auntie Nana and always have she's a straight shooting factual speaker with incredible intellect with class and pose a true anchor for black women and upcoming young black people can I adopt your Auntie Nana 
She then goes on to say, I thoroughly enjoy each and every one of my sisters on this panel. And I know this may sound sad. Look forward to your show. My Tuesdays is not the same without listening to your views on a variety of subjects. It is too ther therapeutic and refreshing. I truly feel like you're the sisters I never had. The chemistry between you all is impeccable. You bounce off one another so well. And I'm internally grateful that I am, have remained a dedicated listener and feel a part of it. And I hope this does not come across as stalkified. I have so many of your podcasts saved on my tablet. So when I need that reset after an exhausting day with the passive aggressive condescending blue eyed people, I need that boast boost knowing that I can connect with my sisters and reassure myself we are, and we have gone through the same thing when it comes to surviving ungrateful Boris's Britain and that we can all embrace in solace that we are all in it together. And sometimes I forget at times I feel like I'm drowning in the sea of uncle Tom's and C's in life and the workplace that I feel like I'm the only one who's left who strives for greatness for our people. And you ladies restore my faith in particularly Auntie Nana, Auntie Farah, that there are still some of us around. Thank you all and continue to what you do to do so what you Anna do. Anna restored the faith. Oh wow. I didn't I, I as think, I was reading that I didn't realize Auntie that. Shade, I think what she did was she I meant to write you because she'd already yeah. talked about Nana. I think yeah. that's a typo, quite frankly. Yeah. Oh, I was like to say, I think that's a typo. You know, really, look, she wants to adopt Nana. That's why I was like, remember, <laughs> let's go on and have her, but you just need to pay us. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you all and continue to do what you do best because we know that aunties know best. Get it? And yeah, I definitely think it was a typo too. Thank you, T. Smith. That's a wonderful comment. And though we ask for likes, comments and subscribes and all that type of stuff to boost us, it is actually the work that we do is, is real. We do because we love our community. We love us and we are celebrating the voice of the auntie and it's important. We're not doing this just for the fun of it all. There's deeper meaning to it and why we come together every week, committing, it's hard in the work that we do on a daily basis, but we it's it's important that our voices are heard. And for people, as you said, T Smith, to feel like they're not alone in the day-to-day -day struggles of living in definitely Boris Johnson's UK right now. But we really appreciate comments like that. It, it keeps us going because when we are feeling down or feeling like not maybe less secure in our moments, hearing that the reassurance of our audience listening and that we are making some sort of difference to some people is really powerful and empowering for us as well. So. As much as we're empowering you, you also empower us. So thank you so much for your comments. You. And on that note, this has been Your Aunties Could Never. Please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe We're on all the social media platforms. You can also watch us back on Facebook and YouTube. And don't forget to do like, comment and subscribe. And we'll be back as usual next week with another show. I'm Auntie AK and I'm saying goodnight. <laughs>